Hey guys, here we are back at it for another episode of the Brew Chat Podcast, episode 195. And we got Scott Samuels, a local comic, and he's going to be helping us out with some, a uh, little bit of stuff around the Brew Chat parts here, but we'll get into that later on in the episode. But uh, before we get into that, get on down to Riverside Wine and Spirits. Every Friday and Saturday, 4 to 6, they've got their growler promo going on and a wine promo on Saturday. And typically during that time, they've got some rum tastings, cheese tastings, whiskey tastings, you name it, they got it, and it's a good time. You can get a pretty cheap little lid on down there, as I've been known to say. And uh, and then while you're down there, you get 10% off on growler fills, and that basically covers the Uncle Sam portion of what you got to pay in beer tax, and Tennessee has some of the highest beer tax in the nation. So take advantage of these deals, people. Get on down there and do it. Also, go check us out on the Hopped Up Network, along with tons of other great beer podcasts and other great beer content, like us, the Bitch Beer Podcast, lots of others, lots of great ones. Go check it out, hoppedupnetwork.com, and then you can find us and any other Brew Chat stuff at uh, brewchat.com. That's brewchat, two words, two Ts. And then on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Podcatcher, Podsnatcher. I'm making them up at this point, but uh, you name it, we're out there, people. We're all over the internet. Just Google us. Get on your little type pads your iPads, your type pads, what have you. Look us up. We're there. Like, link, subscribe, share us around. We got lots of great stuff coming. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Um, And then I also, just announcements-wise, before we get going, didn't really want to discuss this, so I'm going to say it now. Just all you out there, you may not realize this, but Tennessee has passed a law that effective July 1st, don't use your, um, not even a phone, a mobile device, don't use a mobile device in your car. Get a hands-free device. Get you a Bluetooth thing. Don't get tickets, people. I'm just trying to be an informant here. And then um, they're not sponsoring the show, but I go to it every year, and it's a good time. It's coming up not this Saturday, but the next. I think it's the 22nd, something like that. But Hutton and Smith is having their fourth annual anniversary bash. You know, I like Hutton and Smith. I like Joel and Melanie down there. It's some good times. They're going to have Strung Like a Horse. Uh, who else is playing down there? I cannot remember, but I don't know. It's like 15 bucks. It includes a beer, includes a cup like this right here. So you get a cup, your first beer's free. They've got like eight different releases they're doing that day. They're going to be debuting some sours. They've got bands playing. They're going to have food down there. It's only 15 bucks, which really isn't that bad. And since you get a beer in there, it's really just 10 bucks. So... Yeah, get on down there to check that out. It goes noon to midnight, two Saturdays from now. Like I said, don't quote me, but I think it's the 22nd. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I got in that department. Let's. Uh, I'm going to hit the ignition switch here, get us some beers going, and we're going to talk to Scott. Fade out. Good old fade out. The mark of a good interest. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Ian Sharp is making his mom watch this with him. Good on you, Ian. I think that's a good decision. 
Cool. Hi to Ian's mom. I don't know you. You don't know me, but hi. Uh, we got Scott Samuels here with us this week. He's a local comic. And uh, bringing you on here, not just because I like talking to you, but reached out to you. You're going to be helping us around on the brew chat side of things a little bit more because you like beer. You like movies. I love movies and I love beer. So, uh, yeah. Now, uh, Tanner reached out to me uh, uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, and he was all like, hey, uh, you seem to know a lot about movies because you won't shut the hell up about them. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I have opinions, uh, so I've been watching uh, some stuff on Netflix, you know, Hulu, because I don't like going out. Nah, I just haven't uh, gotten Tilt to that up towards you right there. Yeah, I just haven't gotten go. to go to the movie theater uh, as recently as I would like when to. Well, the movie theater's gotten a little terrible. It it really has. Yeah. It's, um, I, it's, it's not a pleasant experience anymore. It, it used to be. It used to be all right, yeah. man. Like, I mean, I can still remember back in the day, like, weeping like an open child and 22 years old, like, at Toy Story 3. Yeah. Just like, uh, and now, now it's just... Dude, that was my thing in high school is uh, I went to CSAS down here. So school would get out on Friday evenings and right. you could go down. Back in my day, you'd go down here to the Bijou, <laughs> which is now High Point Climbing. And it was $5 for a matinee. And so we would walk right after school, catch a matinee. And uh, they usually wouldn't card you either. So I was able to see Kill Bill all that sort of stuff. But that was my jam. That's what I would do every Friday is I would take whatever lawn mowing money I'd made, go to the movie theater. But now it's just, it's too expensive. And I it's mean, like, honestly, yeah. honestly, you have like the comfort of uh, all these different streaming devices uh, at home. Like a, a movie might be in the theater and like, you know, if it's a big experience, like I wanted to see uh, Avengers Endgame in theaters. Like I've seen every Avengers movie in theaters. I was like, yeah, that's kind of the ritual. I mm. need to finish this, yeah. this story in the movie theater, but like, we really don't kind of have that anymore. And I mean, there's so, like just a wealth of streaming devices, which, uh, I went on and like, there's, there's a lot of good stuff out there. There's actually a lot of bad out there now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, just to get into it, uh, well, let's, let's put a pin in that real quick. All right. Yeah. Jump in the gun here a little bit. We'll, okay. we'll circle back around to that, but, uh, yeah, just to explain a little bit about what we're bringing you on to do is, um, for those longtime watchers, those alumnus, of Brew Chat know that we started out talking about beer and movies, and I love movies, but I'm handling all these other balls that are in my court, and uh, so we brought Scott on here. He's going to be moving forward. He's going to be our movie correspondent, so he'll be coming on periodically, and then we've got some other content ideas coming down the pipe uh, where we're going to be getting more into doing some more movie stuff again, but... Yeah, it's, it's going to uh, be Scott here I'm, covering. I'm super excited, and uh, I hope you guys are not any more annoyed by me than I am myself. So, I think it's going to be a good time. Oh, I think, I think it's going to be a real be good too. time. It's going to be great. But uh, yeah, let's talk about this beer a little bit right here. Uh, what we got? This is from High Wire Brewing. Okay, is uh, hazy and juicy and hoppy and fresh. Double dry hop, New England style IPA. Okay, it's some juice, people. Uses Idaho Seven, Yukonot, and Simcoe hops. I uh, get a lot of the Simcoe on it, honestly. See, I don't get a lot of the Simcoe because I'm used to that cat piss smell. No, because like it's on the back end, man. Like if you like, yeah. uh, like it's really on the back end, and I think that uh, I think that really just comes out. Like, do you know what they dry hopped it with? Like, uh, mm. or like was it just like a variety? I, I assume it's maybe they brewed it with one of these dry hopped it with two or maybe brewed it with all three and dry hopped it with all three. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it's, uh, it's very juicy. Um, uh, what's the ABV on that guy? Um, 7.5. Uh, don't drink like a 7.5. 
actually. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's very, not, it's not super boozy, which is uh, very, mm. very nice, especially, uh, especially like for something like that. Uh, I like slash hate beers that do that, where it's just like, oh, it's seven point five to eight ish, and they don't drink like them because. That gets you into some trouble. It's the danger zone. <laughs> it's the danger yeah. zone, man. It gets you into a lot of trouble, especially like, and IPAs are super guilty of that. Uh, that being said, I do love them. I get a bubble gummy smell out of it more than anything. Mm, and I can't. I'm not getting a lot of bubble gum. I'm so, I'm, I, the juice you're, you're is all about the Simcoe. The juice is really up front, and like the Simcoe's a, uh, Simcoe. Yeah, Simcoe is a little up front for me, but um, I mean, you know, taste is subjective. Taste is weird, man. There, what's weird to me is there's only about, uh, from what I understand, about four different flavor profiles your mouth can have, and it's mm. a genetics thing. Yeah, no, uh, actually, going back, uh, this is not a beer we have on the show, but I'm, if I can get a hold of some, I will bring it on one day. Uh, it's uh, it's called Toaster Pastry. I believe it's by 21st Amendment. Mm. It's this red IPA, and I like red IPAs just in, in general, and uh, one of my friends swore to me, the way he pitched this was, it's like drinking a Pop-Tart. And I was like, whoa, I gotta try that. So I, I get a can, and I got a little bit of the strawberry taste. It tastes like, it's supposed to taste like a strawberry Pop-Tart. I get a little bit of the strawberry t- smell and taste on the front end, but other than that, it tastes like a regular red IPA. To me, but he huh. swears it tastes like a pop tart, and I don't get that. It's just a really good red IPA, which is a very hard style to do. It's yeah, they're very tasty though. Well, that's like uh, people that have been watching the show know it's like I'm really susceptible to chlorophenols in beer, mm-hmm. and I mean it just pops right out. I'll be like, nope, they didn't filter this properly. Mm-hmm. Too much chlorine. Tastes like a tire. Like it's there's a brewery in town that has a big problem and. Uh-huh. I'm not in the mood today to put them on blast. I feel like I've been blasting everybody all day, so I won't tonight. But you guys know exactly who I'm talking about. And said brewery, you, well, actually, no, you probably don't know what the fuck I'm talking about because uh, your beer still tastes like tires. But there's a brewery in town mm-hmm. that has a bad problem with this, where especially in their Pilsner, it comes across and it's just like, it smells the way like a Firestone or Goodyear store smells in their lobby. Which isn't on the whole unpleasant, but it's not something I want yeah. in my beer. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, man, this beer t- it smells like a hardware store. I yeah, don't want it's that. Not, I don't want to mm. taste it. Like, yeah. You know, as I'm getting further down in the glass on this, and it's warmed up a bit, because mm-hmm. I did top it off, but the, uh, the older beer that I poured in here before, well, not the older beer, but like Ooh, yeah, the older of this, it's really coming out simcoe now. Yeah, that's very simcoe on the back end. Like I was saying, man, like it, it's all Simcoe on the back end. Uh, the nose does have a bit of a bubblegum smell to me, and you get that a lot more, but I really just get a lot of juice off that. Yeah, I get bubblegum. Nah, man, I, I get a lot of citrus, but, you know, that's uh, how it's designed, man. I get... Smells good. Yeah, it's a good beer. I, I, Overall. I, I, could, I could drink that. I would drink that. I'd give it like a four out of five. Mm, yeah, I'd give it I'd yeah. give it that. It'd be really good. Uh, it's a little too thick for a lawnmower, but a pool. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, just be careful with how many of those bad boys you drink. Yeah. Because, uh, well, that's why I was saying it was good for the pool. It's like, I can get saucy real quick. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Like, some of those Victory beers, like, uh, Victory's one of my favorite breweries. Um, They do a very good job with their high-alcohol beers, masking how alcoholic they are. I didn't real. uh, I had a Dirt Wolf one time, well, a six-pack of Dirt Wolf at the pool one time. 
didn't drink like an 8.7, but I sure knew it when I tried to stand up. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, it was right when Bud Light Platinums had first come out. <laughs> and I didn't know that beers could be 7%. I was so inexperienced with beers. And all I did was see, like, oh, this is 7%? Fuck yeah. And me and a buddy plowed through a 12-pack sitting by the pool one day. Mm. I remember I had to cross a road in Murfreesboro. Like, he lived at one apartment complex, and I lived at the one across uh, one of the state highways that runs through town there. I think it was, like, I can't remember the number, but it was Old Las Casas for those Murfreesboro, those Murph Turfians. <laughs> and uh, I had to walk across Old Las Casas to get back to my, my apartment complex. And it's like a state highway. You know, like... Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not like an interstate, but like one of those old two-lane state highways, you know? And uh, people are barreling down through there, and I threw up in the middle of that road. I mean... Because I was so shit-faced I mean, off those platinum. I do have a Bud Light Platinum story. Um, like, I uh, was not expecting it to hit that hard, and Bud Light Platinum is the you only don't. beer... No, Bud Light Platinum was the only beer I have ever, like, like really super-duper blacked out hard on. Mm -hmm. Like... Me and my friends, like, you know, just being miscreants of, you know, our early 20s. No one's working. It's summer. We, uh, we go on a wee bit of a bender, and then we get, like, a case of Bud Light Platinum. We're doing fine. We're doing fine. Then it's, like, like blank point, I'm throwing beer caps at the wall. Blank point, I'm laying down on a couch. Blank point, I'm at, uh, I'm at Sky Zoo. Oh. And time has, time is. Uh, meaningless at that point. I don't, and I'm not even wearing the same clothes I was when I was laying down on the couch. So I don't drink Bud Light Platinum anymore because <laughs> yeah, I mean it led you to Sky Zoo. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that, that place was, is terrible. Uh, that was before the the shooting. So I yeah, mean, like it was it was like just like at that one point of like I mean, like every New York movie from the 70s. That's that's Sky Zoo. That's our own little. That's our own little like grungy. Terrible. Yeah, that place is absolutely terrible. There was a marketing company I used to work at, and mm -hmm. they were one of our clients. And I dealt with online reputation management and social media bullshit. Yeah. And it was always the guy I dealt with over there was a grade A asshole. And then just, yeah, it was always something like, just they, always. Yeah, but. no, it was, it was weird, man. Like, that was, and that's why I do not drink Bud Light Platinum anymore, because it led me to Sky Zoo. Mm. Yeah, mm. Sky Zoo's bad. But yeah. uh, let's move on. Let's uh, definitely not give Sky Zoo any more publicity here. Uh, you want to get ringworm? <laughs> Go to Sky Zoo. <laughs> or some herp. I mean, you name it. It's a, it's a buffet over there. I mean, r yeah. really, a, a, a feast for... um. I don't. I really don't know. Like, do you want to test like a cornucopia? A cornucopia. That's a good word. Uh, uh, a constitution testing cornucopia. Yeah. Now that like, if you think you're tough, go disguise you and like, you know, try to use the bathroom. Uh, put that immune system to use. Mm. Apparently, you're kind of quiet. Let me turn you up here. Am I? Yeah. There I am. No, we upgraded the studio yesterday, and I can now see comments up here. It's pretty. I mean, it's a little daunting, like all those faces. Ian's mom's watching. Yeah, Ian's mom's watching. That's so yeah. insane. Yeah. I've heard so many tales about Ian's mom, all of them good. <laughs> she seems like a real classy lady. I've heard no stories. Uh, you, you're friends with him on Facebook, right? <laughs> yeah. Wait, um, 
yeah, I can't. I guess it was uh, Ian. Yeah, how's the sound on that sound? I can't get up and go look at my my pewter here. But uh, I mean, assuming he's paying attention, I can hear myself just fine through my headphones. Yeah, I can hear you through the headphones. I turned you up in the feed, so hopefully yeah, that okay. will uh, yeah, that'll do it. But um, yeah, I wanted to talk about Ballast Point a little bit because yeah. I mean, I've been doing this podcast for a while, and when Ballast Point first hit our market. I was sucking that dick hard. <laughs> like, yeah. I loved Ballast Point. Uh, and then they have slowly and surely just shit the bed they, like time and time again. They have a few beers that I really enjoy. Uh, their Victory at Sea uh, mm-hmm. come wintertime um, is one of my all-time favorites uh, to drink during winter. To drink really anytime. Um, anyone who's ever seen me go to Barley when they have it on tap uh, in the summer months, like uh, all my friends will be drinking like Kolsch's and lagers and like re- these really nice like light beers. And there I show up with like just this big glass of, you know, 10% chocolate coffee death. And I'm just like, I don't care. I love it so much. But yeah, no, um, I keep up with a little bit of beer news and uh, I do work at a bottle shop. And yeah, no, no one's happy with them right no, now. No, and so for new viewers, listeners, kind of the deal here is Ballast Point is a great brewery based out of, I believe, San Diego. Yeah. They started as a bottle shop and then expanded to brewing, and they became a huge brewery, massive brewery, mm-hmm. doing some crazy, like, water engineering. They had actual, like, scientists on staff to engineer their water is really cool huge facility they're still brewing beer but constellation brands who owns them as well as uh corona and a few others i think funky buddha a couple others like that they they just up and decided uh yeah we're gonna lay off a bunch of people that's what happened to stephanie you know, she's a rep friend of ours that comes on the show pretty often. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, you may you may have seen her. I don't know if she deals with the Georgia market um, up this close. I've but. heard about it. Like, I don't really handle. Like, I'm the homebrew guy yeah. uh, at the store, so I like I'm not directly involved with like you know beer sales, uh, other than like waiting on customers who just want like recommendations or like want to know about the breweries and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the distribution end, I just hear tertiary like secondary stuff about the business, and occasionally like if there's some downtime, I'll look at Beer Street Journal or something to mm-hmm. uh, to get a fee- read on it in case somebody has a question question and no one else can answer it but um this has been kind of the uh this has been one of the big talking points about uh, uh like in the beer world right now like a lot of people are saying like it's yeah yeah they basically just laid a bunch of people off and i thought they were doing good and inve- i thought they were doing great it seems like just a totally lateral move of Oh, yeah, beer's great, but weed's about to get legal, and we want to invest in weed. They're diversifying, and I kind of understand that. Um, like, from what I've seen on the business end of, like, actual craft beer stores, because um, I work at a bottle shop in Georgia, we can't sell liquor. A lot of people come in looking for liquor. But uh, beer sales on the whole, and I've done some research on this, have kind of plummeted uh, craft beer sales. Like, as people who are younger than us are getting into legal drinking age, they want to spiked waters and mm-hmm. seltzers. They are eschewing beer for the most part. Now, a lot of people do still enjoy the beer aspect, but sales aren't what they used to be. And uh, weed is actually coming up as, like, the next big kind of I struggle to say vice. It's sort of the, uh, because you can do a lot of different stuff with marijuana as well. Like you can mm-hmm. like blend different strains, taste like certain things. They can like give you like a body high or they can like, you know, maybe even like venture into like psychedelic territory, depending on how it hits you. So it's kind of like the new craft beer market for 
younger people, I guess. I'm not that old, but like that's what it seems like. Because yeah. like, when we were coming up, like when we were in like like when we're about the same age, mm. when we were about like 20, 21, we were talking about like, oh, look at these like brand new IPAs and like all this different See, I wasn't. bloggers and stuff. I didn't really get beer conscious until I was maybe 25, 26. Uh, I was about. And that's saying that. Like, I, I just started tiptoeing be like, you know, I'm sick of drinking PBRs. Mm-hmm. What are these fancy looking cans? Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, marketing was always. Plus, I could afford. Was, yeah. Yeah. It was always uh, like that big thing. Uh, I thought for the longest time I did not enjoy beer at all. Like. <laughs> Same here. Like, like, yeah. You know, 16, you know, like, you know, when you're like, you know, miscreant teenager, um, like, you know, you're drinking like Bud Light or PBR or like any number of things. And like there's a place for that kind of market um, where like you'll drink lighter beers like because like crap beer can be a little expensive mm-hmm. and very alcoholic. But I just thought I hated beer, man. I thought I hated this. It was like, oh, this is a way to catch a buzz but not like do it super quickly after, you know, if you, you know, too many of them. Anyway, then a buddy of mine took me out to a uh, pub. Uh, uh, it's not there anymore, but they had like, oh, like. 20 or 30 beers on tap. And I was like 22 years old. He's a little, he's a little older than me. He was, I was like, oh, yeah, I like beer. And he was like, oh, yeah, cool. I guess I like Yingling. That one tastes pretty good. And he was like, no, 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 no. We're doing a tour right now. Mm-hmm. Like, And uh, we drank, we didn't drink all of them, but we drank quite a few. And it's like, this is an IPA. This is what it's supposed yeah. to taste like. This is a porter. This is why it's different from a stout. This is what you get. This is and this, this, and this. This is a lager beer. It's not supposed to taste like ditch water swill. It's supposed to taste like you can enjoy this on a summer's day. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to refresh you. It's not supposed to like you know make you like. All right. Oh no, it's warm. Better finish it. See, when I first started, I mean, I didn't really drink beer until I was probably twenty. Okay. And uh, I tried it the first time I ever tried a beer. I think I was sixteen. And it was, I just was not a fan. I was like, nope, this tastes terrible. Not a fan. Whatever. I just don't like beer. And then by the time I got to be around 20, I was always the younger in my friend group. Uh Like the last to turn whatever age we needed. And my buddy Micah had just turned 21. So he went and got us some Heinekens. And I miss these days, man. Like I remember there was a specific night. It was right around the time that Cloverfield had come out, <laughs> and we were sitting around spitballing theories about Cloverfield, and he had went and bought a sixer of Heineken, and we had two each, and we felt like we were drunk off our asses. <laughs> like, we weren't, but we definitely had a buzz because we weren't big drinkers at the mm-hmm. time. No. And, uh, and just sitting there and just like that goofy, like, one of those first beer buzz. I remember one of the first times I ever caught a beer buzz was at Taco Mac, and I had two beers. And I was like, ooh, this is fun. Like, yeah, yeah. No, um, <laughs> I, I remember because, uh, like, you know, I remember the first time, like, I caught my very first, like, good beer buzz. It was the, it was the night in question where, like, I got to try all those different types mm. of beers. He even advised I paced myself and stuff. And we did because we were at that bar for – we worked retail. We worked at the mall. We were close by. Mm. We didn't have to drive or do anything the next morning. We, we were there for a good long while. Um, and I like, you know, being 16, like I would, I would always shotgun beers and stuff. I'm like, Oh, oh I'm so drunk. Look how drunk I am. You guys, woo <laughs> spring break. I hate you, mom and dad. You know, that, that old chestnut. Um, but like the first time I get like that, like nice, like, you know, like when you haven't mm. had a beer in a really long time and you have like maybe one or two, like really good, high alcoholic tasting ones. Mm-hmm. And like he gets on top of you and maybe you're playing a video game. Maybe you're watching a movie and you're just like, Oh yeah. Like that, that kind of buzz, man, that's always like, and that's why I drink too much sometimes. Yeah. It's like, I want to keep this going, but 
it never lasts. Yeah, you're always you're always winning. chasing that. Yeah, my favorite is similar to that. It's just like you've had a hard fucking day, mm. like a hard laborious day. It's not just like a day where you're busy and just things are hectic, but like you've had to carry stuff and like you just have to be on your A game all day, and yeah. you finally get home and just. <sighs> That beer, okay, that now, you have with that, yeah. No, now what's your now what's your go to after a hard day work? Like if you could have any kind of if you could have any mm. beer, like if you have to name check, what's the beer for after work? Not your favorite beer. It's something simple, like a. I'm a big fan of Narragansett. It's like my cheap beers. Narragansett. So like just something simple, like a light lager, like a Narragansett. I won't even knock a Bud Light, but I store them with my corn. In that drawer in the bottom of the fridge, because why not? I mean, yeah, wine, wine, indeed, man. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with that Narragansett uh, kick. Like, uh, uh, I still say to this day, uh, a Pilsner Kell mm-hmm. after work, like after a really, really tough day, is one of the simplest joys. It, it's beautiful, like, because you just, like you said, really laborious day. I need a drink, but mm. I don't want to like you know like make myself sick or like drunk. I just want mm-hmm. I just want to like I want that taste. When when you're genuinely thirsty but not dehydrated, mm-hmm. and you drink a beer and you're just like, oh my god, it's cold, it's fizzy, it's delicious. <laughs> it's yeah, it's everything you need, and like you know, and you know there's alcohol in there. Now if you drink like we do, like then you obviously aren't gonna like get drunk off of one like mm. something like a Bud Light or a Narragansett or even a Pilsner or Kell. You, you can drink a 12-pack of Pilsner or Kell and still be fine. But it's the taste. It's just knowing like, oh, there's a little bit of alcohol in here. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, let it seep in and just like sit down and just like, man, that day sucked. But I have you, don't I? Yeah, you can just sit down and sink into the couch. Mm-hmm. Like That's it, man. I rarely have those days where I'm like, I, man, I just want to go home and want to <laughs> just sit. I rarely have those days where I feel like that, but when I do, and I've got that beer during that, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that's 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 the feeling, yeah. man. and that's why uh, that's why I drink beer. Like I, I don't drink to get drunk. Mm-hmm. I drink for taste and for that like that warm fuzzy feeling mm-hmm. that beer gives back. Like I mean, like even even certain like craft beers will like bring back memories of like, oh man, remember when, like remember when Iron Man first came out? Yep. Like like 2008. Like oh, you're going to go see Iron Man on opening night? Who does that? I, that, which is a fun fact. Like, I mean, like, I remember seeing Iron Man, like, I think it was the weekend of. It wasn't opening night, but it was uh, the weekend of. And it was like, I could get in. There, were pe- there weren't, like, like, there weren't, like, sold out shows like it was. Like, and, like, mm-hmm. I just, like, think back to that. And, like, and sometimes a beer can, like, just bring you back to a memory like that. Like, mm-hmm. where were you when you tasted something like this, man? Like, and it's pleasant. That's why I drink. Same here, man. I actually don't even really like being drunk. Like, Occasionally, I'm celebrating. It happens. Mm-hmm. I'm having fun. Like, I mean, if you see me drunk, it's not like, oh, look at Tanner. He's having such a bad time. No, I mean, I'm having you. a good time. Huh. It's the next day when I'm not having a good time. So I don't really get drunk drunk that often. But I like that buzz. And I've gotten really good at pacing myself to the point where I get my buzz and I've got the engine revving. Mm-hmm. And I just keep it idling. And that's what I like to ride. I love that buzz. Yeah, I like uh, I, I love that buzz. I do have a smidge of poor impulse control. I've gotten better about it because I don't like uh, I. The older I've gotten, the worse my hangover have become. How yeah. did that happen? Amazing, right? I know yeah. age sucks, but um, 
it's uh, like I like to ride that buzz out, and that's uh, ostensibly yeah. why I drink, but I also drink for taste. Like, uh, people are just like, oh, yeah, you work at a bottle shop. That must be like paid vacation. You must be getting, like, you know, zonked out mm-hmm. every night. No, I only drink when something like special comes out or if it's just like, oh, I'll keep a single or a six pack of something I really like. And then I can space that out for uh, days like the other uh, the other week, uh, that Gosa, that Super 8 we had. Yeah, that which was really good, by the way. It was really good. Um, we uh, that uh, the six pack that had been sitting in my fridge for a week and a half. Like I can nur- I can nurse beer as long as I need to. Like it's just like sometimes I want a beer. See, that's the contradictory thing about me is I run this beer podcast, and I guess that's why. But it's hard to keep beer in this this apartment. Not, I would imagine I mean, it's, it's very it's hard because I've got people coming in and out. I'll have people come by and do a photo shoot. It's like yeah, man. Uh, which if I'm doing a photo shoot with you, I typically take some champagne or beers or something because it loosens the subject up. And it's like, I don't want him getting drunk by any means. You don't want drunk eyes for mm-hmm. portraits, but it loosens them up a bit, especially like burlesque and yeah. like boudoir photos and stuff. I tend to try to have champagne around, but yeah, this apartment does not, alcohol doesn't survive. And it's not because I'm necessarily drinking it because I don't, like I said, like I like the buzz, but I don't necessarily like getting drunk all the time, but I'm handing them out or I'll go to a bottle share like. Yeah, it's it's comical actually. Like it's a little shameful. No, no, because it looks like I'm drinking it all, but beer beer and alcohol (laughs) generally live forever in my house because I'm the only one who actually enjoys alcohol. Yeah. Uh, Well, I take that back. I'm the only one who's not picky about alcohol. Mm. Like I'm not inordinately picky about booze, and I know what I like. So, like, uh, if there's beer in the house, I'm the one who's usually drinking it. Yeah. Well, here's a question: What? um, Because you're kind of in my books with this. I feel is it would be easier. To talk about what kind of booze you don't like. You know? What, what's a beer that you're absolutely like, You know, nah. it's, a, it's actually a style that I'm really, really, really trying to get into. I just haven't found the one yet. And I know there's one out there that will, like, open the style up for me. But I have yet to find a Scotch Ale that has really done it for me. Mm-hmm. I, maybe I had a bad batch of something. Maybe I just had it when I, when I wasn't ready for it. But I have yet to find a Scotch Ale that really opens that up. Like, I thought for the longest time I hated dark beer. Yeah. And then somebody gave me a milk stout. I really like that. And then I started opening up to, like, more bitter stouts. And, like, I mean, I think I'm not big on Guinness. I really don't like Guinness. I'm not a big fan of Guinness either. No, but, and I thought for the longest time I hated nitro beers. But then, like, somebody handed me, like, a Southern Tier, like, it was some kind of dessert beer. It was a nitro dessert beer. And it was so tasty. Do they make you gassy? No, uh, no. Well, not gassy, gassy. Like I, I burp a little bit, but like I, uh, like with Southern Tier beers, uh, like their Nitro uh, dessert thing, I have to take my time with that because they're usually very alcoholic mm-hmm. and very sweet. Like they're very, they're fairly expensive, especially for what you get. But a four back will last me at least four days mm-hmm. because they're just taste wise. Not even going into alcohol, they're just so decadent and so rich and so tasty. Like uh, S'mores is out right now. Mm-hmm. Straight up tastes like s'mores in a glass with an alcoholic backbone. That's like, and I'm just like, oh man, that is so, so tasty. I imagine s'mores and whiskey. That's what I imagine. Um, no, 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 no. Not like it doesn't have like that whiskey alcohol backbone. Mm. It has like, um, it has that, that beer backbone. Like, you you ever have like a really strong beer where you're just like, oh, I can taste the alcohol in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's that because it's just like, oh, it's so sweet, so decadent. And then all of a sudden, like, booze and you're like oh okay mm. but i mean before that like i like the taste is just so much that like you only need one and that's all i want but 
Nitro like, beers don't make you gassy. Not as such, no, man. Because like, I, like, I, I, I have one, and like, I'm calling the EPA to open up a wind farm. Like, <laughs> it's. I mean, I get uh, I, mean, I get a little burpy, but that's like with just beers. No, in I'm general. not talking about burps. I'm talking about the other end. Yeah, no, man. Yeah, I it's weird. Beer doesn't make me fart. Yeah, it never does. But if I drink a nitro, it's like comical. Yeah. It's like what is coming out of my body sounds like a whoopee cushion. <laughs> like to where it doesn't sound real. No, I might have to get you on stage. Or, uh, like I feed, <laughs> feed you like two nitro beers and then just like every time I have Oh, God. Them. God. <laughs> then, after, uh, then after I tell a joke. And well, there's like, a, come on, come on, come on. There is a podcast I watched that recently introduced a fart mic into their studio. So maybe I could introduce a nitro mic. <laughs> And uh, uh, talk yeah. to talk to Ethan. I'll just mic up the seats. Uh, let's say talk yeah. to Ethan or Dave. Man, he, they'd probably be down for that. Dave, sure. especially. Like, you no, know. we're we're classy around here for the most part. <laughs> and you have me on. Oh my god! Like I like I roll up in your neighborhood every time. Like because I I live in North I live in North Georgia. So it's like you know, like I roll up in your neighborhood. I'm just like trees and <laughs> houses with air conditioning. Dude, straight up, like Georgia's landscape sucks. No, seriously. It's t- their dirt sucks. The tree that grows or the trees that grow in said dirt sucks. Mm-hmm. There's not enough water. We're speaking in generalizations. I do love Georgia. Yeah, Georgia's uh, a great state. There's some cool shit there. Like the Little Big Grand Canyon, real fucking cool. They yeah, got the Georgia Guidestones cool as fuck. Dragon Con's happening this year. Atlanta could wait. burn to the ground again and it would make my day a little better. But outside of that, Georgia's a pretty good state. <laughs> uh, Valdosta's pretty cool. But yeah, no, I agree. Like the landscape, uh, landscape in my neck of the It's some of the is, worst land I've like, ever no, seen. No, because you live out in this like opulence, man. Like if you've ever been around here, it's, it's beautiful. It is gorgeous. Every time I walk in, I'm just like, I'm just like uh-huh. it's a German cottage in the middle of a jungle. It's so nice. Yeah, it, that's it's what so it much is. fun. Like half the reason I come up here isn't like, you know, to hang out with him or like, you know, like drink beers or like even like, you know, shill for uh, like shill for brew chat. It's like, oh, man, I get to see some really nice houses and and like and like these beautiful trees. It's so great. But uh, this mean, makes it sound like I live somewhere really nice. It's just the North Shore. <laughs> OK, but anywhere is nice compared to where I'm from. Yeah, like, you, you I got that right Georgia now, dirt. I get it. I got yeah. that. I got that, that Rossville like Ross Vegas, yeah. baby. Like uh, for those of you who are local, you know, dude, my uh, my hetero life mate lives down there and it is I'll go down there and hang out <laughs> and whew, Rossville's a place, man. It it's mostly white. Which uh, I find strange. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. There are a lot of there are a lot of men. In. I actually live a uh, yeah. Down it's the it's from very a gas but you go down there and it seems like kind of you know ghetto a little bit things like that. Mayberry with a with a crank problem. But no, it is. We found out which this is a little bit of old data. It was as of 2012 when we learned this. Mm-hmm. It was 97 ish percent white. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, now that you mention it, you don't see very much color down that way. Now that you mention it, I mean, you know, I it's not something that like I uh, like I I, I point out, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's a place. Um, Not a lot of diversity. No, I live down the street from a gas station that gets robbed at least every other month. Which gas station? Because I know, like the main strip around there, like there's Food City. Yeah, there's Food City. Okay, are are you talking about the gas station? That's owned by the cool Indian guy that's got the Bible thumper lady. No, 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 no. The cool Indian guy owns the one that has the pizza and the hot thing. And they don't get robbed at all because everyone loves them. And they've got like ice cream. And it's like a little like it's like a little cafe slash. Were you talking store. about the one with the head shop over there off McFarland? No, it's. Uh, oh, God. Now I'm going to. OK, it's off of it's off of James Street, actually. 
I think, yeah, because you're going past the Food City, then you take a hard left, and then, like, there's the Rossville Apartments, and then, like, it's right... It's the almost, Megastar? Yes. Okay. And they're cool, too, because their cash register makes the sound of Sonic's rings. I mean, a lot of them, a lot, <laughs> actually, a lot of them do that now. A ton the of them. bling, bling. Yeah, no, that was like, a terrible impression. But, yeah, I know, yeah. no, a lot of them do that now, and it's weird. I don't, like, at first I was like, is that Sonic's ring? Yeah. No, there's also the, like, uh, have you encountered this yet? Like, the, the Dunkin' Donuts I go to uh, makes the... Uh, Makes the Zelda thing from uh, yes. Breath of the Wild. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. From Breath of the Wild, it's just like yeah. I was like, is that Breath of the Wild? It's just like a little tone on their computer. But it's like, it's yeah. like your card now, please. Like, yeah. oh, okay, yes, I will. I want to get. It's not that, but I mean, I would might as well be. I mean, I would love that. Ha ha, calories. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, you live in a very nice place compared to like where I generally live now granted uh i probably live in like one of the safer parts because i live right behind the police station and um yeah yeah rossville like, has a police station i thought uh, it was just no, 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 mad no, no. max down there um i mean <laughs> there are like four <laughs> cops and they all seem cool every time i've interacted with them because uh I, I don't have a vehicle and uh, for the longest time uh, i lived fairly close to my gym and i was like oh cool cardio mm. so uh i would walk to the gym and like mm, just to make it to work on time and walk later like 7 30 8 o'clock it's light outside i'm not worried about it i'm a big guy mm. no one's gonna mess with me and uh, every now and again though like if i was walking like kind of early in the morning looking like i'm like in gym shorts and a tank top they'd be like you okay sir you know and i'm not naming names or anything like they, they were very cordial very nice they were just like yeah, everything all right like uh, i think they were like seeing mm. if i needed to be picked up but yeah no uh I've only interacted with like four of their cops. I think that's all we have. Yeah, they don't have many. They used to be really bad about setting up roadblocks, but they the last time I saw them do one was last year on Memorial Day weekend. And uh Yeah, no, that was that was a scene. So. That was a crazy roadblock. No, it was like, okay, so there were like there were like three ways to get to my house. Yeah. They had all the streets blocked yeah. off. Every yeah. single one. And it was that's, just my thing is it wasn't a drunken roadblock. They were looking for somebody. Yeah, they were. That was of, my thing. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, there was the shootout not so long ago. Well, not mm. shootout. There was like a little bit of a gunfight. Yeah. Um, not so long ago, and uh, where that occurred is actually less than a mile from my house. So, like, Damn. I was I was at work, and it was just like, hey, there's this guy. Uh, he's wanted by the Rossville police. He got into an altercation with the police. They actually shot at the cops, and now they're on like, uh, and he ran away. He got away, but I think they found him. Um, and I was like, oh, cool. Where, where, what part of what part of this neighborhood is that? And I'm like, oh, that is literally within walking distance of my home. That is where I live. Are my cats safe? You know, I like Rossville, though. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it but something years. about the lawlessness of it <laughs> attracts me. Because, I mean, I've played a drum set down there in a yard and lit off a Roman candle at the same time. Yeah, actually, see, the You thing couldn't is, do that where I live here. No, you can't. Not around here. You now, couldn't do either one of those activities here. Yeah, you can. There's, there's a certain level of freedom to a point where it's like, all right, cool. Like, I mean, let's say you lapse on like yard work. Yeah. Around around this area, it's just like, okay, that's a bit of an or you might get some complaints, land. No, you will get a fine from the city. Don't have that problem where I live. Yeah, like, they, I they will straight time. up charge you it and it's something ridiculous, like hundred and twelve bucks or something if you don't keep your yard mode. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, we can burn our trash there. Well, okay, yeah. I say we can. Like I mean, there's the there's the famous Iron Fez song, Rossville, where we burn our trash. Um that that's because we don't like to pay for um trash pickup. So I mean you got a whole bunch of cardboard. Yeah. It's cold in the winter sometimes. Yeah. Why not start a bonfire? 
I've had many a bonfires. It's one of my main locations for a bonfire, mm-hmm. to be honest. But uh, yeah, moving on from Rossville. Uh, well, let me circle back around to Ballast Point. That was a large digression there, but to just pose the central question of why I brought that up is, do you think Ballast Point doing this, do you think that that is what it looks like? Because the whole time I've been doing this, there's been this looming thing of like, will the craft beer bubble burst? Find out next week. You know, as the world brews. No, yeah. yeah is, that, is that think, what this looks like? Is when that bubble bursts I for a brewery? I think they're anticipating it, honestly, because uh, once again, on my. So end, you think as, it will happen? I'm thinking yeah. it's already begun, mainly yeah. because I'll, I'll tell you this we have a lot of people who come into our shop, like due to like weird old temperance laws and where I'm set up, we can't sell liquor. If we could, we would. We just can't. We can sell beer and wine. We have an excellent selection. We get all kinds of Georgia breweries. It's awesome. The problem is a lot of sales we have on, like, especially really hot summer days, people are buying Trulies and Seltzer Waters mm-hmm. and, like, you know, spiked, spiked this and that, not, like, actual craft, craft beer. Now, we still do pretty decent business on the craft beer end, but it's slowed down a lot even in the year or so I've worked there. And people who have worked there longer have said, like, yeah, man, it used to be, like, insane, like, a much more volume around this time of year. Mm-hmm. And I was doing, it's kind of like on the whole now where um, like I was doing some research in anticipation of this and also like, you know, to see like what was going on in the world of the business I work in um, that like, it seems like younger people are moving more into marijuana, like because of the whole, like you can do craft things with that. It seems like the, and it seems like a little bit healthier Mm -hmm. option. Um, then there's also like, they want to live an active lifestyle. They're very conscious of calories. A lot of people are very like, you know, like the whole like keto centric thing. Mm -hmm. We actually do have some alcohol, like some alcohol that do promote a keto diet. Um, like which that's not for me. If I'm going to drink booze, I I tried keto. It's hard, man. Yeah. I uh, I did. Beer and it throws it out the window. Yeah. I did a, I did a keto fast. It was awful. Like I, I fasted, I've water fasted before. This was awful. So bad. But, um, I think the, is it bursting a little bit? It's going to come back. I know it's going to come back. It's going to be cyclical, but I think Ballast Point's kind of anticipating like, okay, the next big market's marijuana, and like as that gets more legal and more Mm. accepted, that's going to be the next big boom industry, which a lot of these old breweries who are especially out west, I think they can anticipate that Mm -hmm. because a lot of these western guys, a lot of these California guys were the first in the game. Stone, Ballast Mm -hmm. Point, they were like some of the first like craft breweries, and of course when craft beer got big 15, 20 years ago, however long it's been, um, they were the guys, man. Like they were like the big, like, Oh, we got to have that. Yeah. Like national, dist- national distribution, that old chestnut. Oh, like when Ballast Point came to town, it was a big, bad deal mm-hmm. because they had like, they have the lineage and they have like the recipes to back. That's the thing that still pissed me off is I'm not saying when they right. first came to town, I was happy to pay $15 for a pack of Sculpin. That's actually a problem. The entire crap. Year and now, that shit should have dropped in price. It should have. And it didn't. No, that's another big bad thing. Like they're trying to they're trying to get more profit out of it. Um one of the things I found that really is not hurt, uh, helping the beer industry at all right now mm. is the prices. Okay, a really good example is and I love this I love this brewery. Um if you can get a hold of like a single or even if you can afford the four pack, go in for some fat orange cat. They make some of the best New England IPAs I've ever had. Uh their tire damage is fantastic. Their launch series was really, really good. Here's the problem. You're paying you get a four pack of sixteen ounce beers, and how much would you pay? 
Four pack of 16 ounces. How much, how much would you say they, they wanted for it? I don't know. I'm assuming it's got about a 6% ABV. It's something crafty, something tasty. I would want to pay max 14 bucks. Yeah, okay. Now tack another $4 and that's, on that's that. That's a hard max. That's like... Uh, tack ugh, another $4 yeah. on that, and then you're somewhere in the neighborhood. Uh, like that launch series I was telling you about that I was such a big fan of, or that tire damage. Um, excellent New England IPAs. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. $18.99 for a four-pack. And I'm thinking to myself... I work for a living. That's food. That's like maybe, like, I don't know, a video game, maybe a night out with my friends or something. Mm-hmm. Anything other than beer. Because like, the pleasure I derive from drinking beer, it's not only that buzz. It's not only the pleasant memories. It's not even only getting drunk to get drunk or, or even the taste. The pleasure I can derive from beer also indicates how much I have paid for this beer. Mm-hmm. Like, I can pay $5 for a 16-ounce single if it's good enough, and that's all I'm having. Okay, cool. I enjoyed that. That was really tasty. I'm not paying $18.99 for a four-pack, and a lot of people are doing that as well. Uh, there's this other brewery. They make a really, really good beer as well. They're called Hoofhearted. Mm-hmm. Cheapest one I've ever seen their beers come, come in is $20.99. And our price margins are See, very what low. what is so special about that? What are you doing besides, like, malt, hops, and barley and some water? As a, That's uh, so fucking special as a guy, about as a guy, that. As a guy who brews, as a guy who has brewed and yeah. like knows how beer is made. Yeah, I don't understand it. Now, a lot of it's going to be like marketing and stuff. I've noticed like the more expensive, and this is just like from a marketing point, you're, mm. you're being a marketing guy, you would probably mm. know this. Um, the fancier the can I found, yep. the more expensive it is. They're paying that marketing department. And like, I think the line of questioning or the line is like, okay. We need something that's going to – we're the new guys. We need mm. something that's going to bring people in. But you're hitting diminishing returns because, um, oh, yeah, no. Hoofhider makes great beer. But six fifty nine for one single, like which is how we price them out if we do like singles, um, that's the best we can do. It's here. It's, uh, it, it's not good, man. Like you well, hit diminishing returns as – part of like it's like yeah that's a really good beer but i paid almost seven dollars for it that's well, it's kind of the beer world is in a real weird like real weird point right now in a world where we've got social media and instagram is i bitch on here incessantly about beer babes uh-huh you know oh, i was yeah. talking to you about the other day and it's like it's just these bitches that's what i'm gonna call them like all they're doing is showing off their tits with a can of beer and they're not even putting a review. Like I'm out here working my ass off. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Trying like, to provide solid content and be like, Oh, well this has a, a piney note to it. You know, it's got this and all they have to do. And I'm, I'm sorry. I called them bitches. They're not all bitches. There's actually a couple I follow that actually do provide reviews. So I don't mean to generalize, but it's just, it's really, I can see where you're frustrated by it's, that. It's frustrating uh, I, I, because... I believe the devil's advocate with you. I understand. Yeah. Like on, the, on the one hand, it seems kind of easy um, because it's just like, okay, you get a, you get a pretty girl and yeah. like, you get, she'll be real. But that's advertising for ages, brother. And they're... Yeah, it's for ages. But what gets me is they're doing it themselves. This isn't like Budweiser hiring a bunch of babes. Yeah. I mean, that classic Bud... Classic you know, what like a classic Bud advertising. It isn't that. Mm-hmm. This is the same exact same thing as I'm doing with Brew Chat. You know, I want to do this. This is what I enjoy doing. Right. But just... 
you know, and I mean, providing. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, why don't you, why don't you show for that on the podcast? <laughs> that might, uh, that might bring him in. And, uh, I've thought about it. I've straight up Ooh. thought about posting topless pictures. Just dirty as a, kitty, dirty kitty, a halfway serious joke <laughs> and commentary on it. But it's like, you know, back to me saying that we're in a weird time for beer advertising right now. What also goes on to that on into that, that niche of weirdness with these beer babes is these big bottle releases that you see like Southern tier and bearded Iris and people like that doing. Mm -hmm. I don't support that. Like I've never been that guy. That's like, Oh, I got to line up for the new PS four. Cause they're going to sell it. Like fun, fun thing about that. Um, KBS, like one of the original, big so there's bottle. a couple like KBS, but you can usually still track it down. No, 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 no. See the fun thing about that is, like, and this is like how, like, this is one of the reasons I think the beer industry is kind of going, like, the bubble is bursting a little bit. Mm. Um, these big releases, like KBS, KBS used to be, like, hard to get. Okay, limit one. Yeah. We're sitting on so much of the current one right now. Riverside is, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not special anymore. It's just yeah. like, and people have told me, like, you know, these old guys will come in and be like, yeah, it's not like it used to be. Like it, 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 like they, they change it every year and that's fine. Tweak it every year. So something mm -hmm. special, like have like one or two that year and then age them. Those beers yeah. are made to be aged, but if they're not very good and you just pay twenty two ninety nine for a six pack, four pack, mm -hmm. and you know, they're coming every year, you can afford to miss a few. Like the big bottle releases are nice to have. Like if it's something you're really intrigued about, but if you know, they're going to do it annually mm -hmm. and you're paying out the nose for it. But what about the ones that don't age? Because yeah. that, like Southern Tier, the stuff they do, a lot oh, no, of their stuff of, wouldn't age. Yeah, no, I mean, like that's that's why. But you get I had a buddy. Of the year. I had a buddy went up there, got in line early in the morning, just to uh, pay eighteen dollars for a for one of these. One of those. One of those. Th this beer right here. Yep, not that beer, but it was it was a pint can like that. Okay. Um, I I don't agree with that. He, who knows how long you waited? He was there before the brewery opened. Uh -huh. It's the concept of like, we got to go camp out at Best Buy for Black Friday. Uh, no, no. It's that. And, uh, and I do not support that at Best Buy. I don't support. That is one of the worst aspects of capitalism. I agree. That has ever been generated. Like, I'm going to go wait in line to buy something that I just can't be a little patient on. Exactly. No, I'm a big, I'm a big like, Nintendo fan. I'm, I'm like, I mean, I'm wearing a Mario like slash Bullet Club shirt for God's sakes. I'm a huge Nintendo fan. Um, but every time they have a new console release and it's like the big, big one, like every other console is like, you know, like I got to have it now. They always, or like if they strike a trend, like Amiibo were really popular for a while. Yeah. And then, you know, they kind of like, yeah. like supply and demand guys. Ha, ha, ha. They're not just going to make 50 Wii's. Exactly. Exactly. Like they want to sell them. Like, well, no, no, exactly. And like beard's a little different. It is a little different. It, they could never make it again, but they will. I mean, they totally will. Like, especially yeah. if it does really, really yeah. well. Um, like KBS, KBS was a very hot commodity for the mm -hmm. longest time. And even now with sales slowing, it still gets made. We have KBS from when I started like a year and a half, two years ago, and then we still have more KBS from this year and people okay, like, Oh, Oh, you got that KBS. I know it's a long shot. No, it's not. How much yeah. you want to please take all of it. We yeah. have so much. No, that's uh, I had a couple people last year. It's like, we're doing a vertical of KBS. And I'm like, okay, okay. that's kind of neat. 
But then, I mean, you could go to Riverside, and I'm pretty sure at least pick up the last two years. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I know for a fact in like in our like wine cellar slash beer cellar, mm. we have some from 2017, like maybe one or two from 2017, like a, maybe a case worth. And uh, like, you know, we got the 2018 and I know we have a lot of 2019, um, which, yeah. They, yeah, uh, it just sits. The Woot Stout sitting there, too. That's a great beer. Uh, wait, they got Woot Stout? Down at Riverside, yeah. Interesting. Loads of them. I love I, uh, I yeah. love Woot Stout. Yeah, I Woot really, Stout uh, 2018. I, ooh, the 2018. Uh, 2017 yeah. was better. I, I agree. 2017 I was I do agree. I 100% agree. But still good beer. I know. But if you're, if you're wanting to get a Woot Stout to sit up and age a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's that's that. Like, see. Uh, get on down there to I, Riverside. I, I fell into the problem of like, man, I really like this Woot Stout. I'm going to tell everyone about that. And then we, lo and behold, because I was telling people about it. They came in and bought it, yeah. and now we don't have any more until we get this year's. Yeah. Sad. I'm excited about this year's. That's one of my – I look for – I genuinely look forward to that. Ever since – I was introduced to it in 2017, and I genuinely look forward to that. I uh, know. Yeah, me yeah. too. Um, like some, I, somebody was just like uh, – when they recommended it to me, they were like, oh, yeah, you're a nerd. Uh, Will Wheaton. Yeah. Will Wheaton made this beer, and that was the least surprising, surprising thing I've ever heard. Like, oh, Will Wheaton's a home brewer. That's somehow surprising, but really not – because it's Will Wheaton. But, mm. Mm. Well, let's talk about this beer for a minute. This mm. is the... We've nearly killed two cans here. Um, this is from New Belgium Brewing. This is the Voodoo Ranger Juicifier. Juicifer, not Juicifier. Juicifer, like Lucifer. Um, yeah, oh, I'm a big. I love. I love the Voodoo Ranger. The I love the yeah. Voodoo Ranger series. Before I like got into like you know more tertiary like craft beers, New Belgium was really really killing it. I cannot drink Fat Tire anymore because it dredges up so many wonderful and yet one very painful painful memory. Don't get into a drinking contest, kids. Not with Fat Tire. <laughs> it was bad. Um, but <laughs> uh, like their uh, their Voodoo Ranger series was one of the like. My favorite. It was one of my favorite IPAs. Now, it is. They've got a lot of these. They've got, uh, like, triple IPAs. They've got doubles. They've got juicy IPAs. And, uh, yeah, it's just the Voodoo Ranger series from New Belgium. Did you have the uh, Did you have the Atomic Pumpkin when it was out last fall? No. Oh, my God. Dude. No. Dude. If you, like, if you like seasonal, like, I'm, I'm big on seasonals. And I love, uh, I love pumpkin beer. I'm one of those. I'm pumpkin spice everything. If Taco Bell made a pumpkin spice taco, I would probably eat it because I only yeah. get it two weeks out of the year, and I'm angry. Anyway, like I love pumpkin beers, and that one's probably in my top three now. Hmm. I'll try that because I, it's, too, love me a good pumpkin beer. If they come out with it again, it's got this. Which like, I know is not Oktoberfest, Brian. No, no. An Oktoberfest might as well be called a dark lager because yeah. that's what it is. Pumpkin beers are not Oktoberfest. Get it right. Okay, so we're going off on a tangent. Um, no, I love Voodoo Ranger. I love New Belgium. And this is this is pretty good. Very, very pineapple. It's stinky. I get a lot of earthiness. Really? Out I'm, of there. I do, um, I do get some fruit, but I get um, like an the, earthiness. There, there is a little bit of that, but I'm also getting a lot of pineapple. I get the pineapple. Yeah, and uh, okay, I see what you mean. No, I get, I get you the. Uh, I can totally tell uh, that earthiness at the uh, on the back end. 
absolutely. Yeah, a little earthy, a little pineapple-y. It's coming at 7.7% alcohol. I don't like it as much as the high wire. No, I don't. Uh, the high wire. They're, they're like, similar styles. They're but, very similar. Yeah. Um, they uh, like it's it's a little tough because they kind of bleed together. But I think the high wire has uh, that astringency that uh, that this one's missing. This one. Um, See, smell that. You don't get bubblegum. Honestly, now it's kind of taking on like a weird, and this, and I mean this in the best way possible. It almost takes on like a little, uh, almost like a uh, cleaning, almost soapy kind of, mm. like like a I fruity get, shampoo. I could get like a fruit shampoo, yeah, yeah. Something I'm, like maybe I'm, I mean that's bubble gum to me. And for those listening at home and not watching, we're talking about the high wire we started with here. Like that one's not bad. Like I, yeah, kind of like Mister Bubbles. Oma, actually, yeah, which does yeah. have a bubble gum character now. See, I. I don't get the bubble gum so much. Uh, it. Yeah, I definitely get that. That has to be. I can't remember which hop it is that smells like bubble gum, but there's um, there's one that's got like a sweetness, like a berry sweetness to it. Uh, citra would be no. That's now yeah, citra. That's gonna. Be I, I can fruit. sniff out citra. I can. I'm good with Simcoe. Uh, good with Azaka, bitter gold. That's another one. Azaka, I'm pretty good with. It. Oh, then it might be Galaxy. Could be. Might mm, maybe. Because Galaxy really compliments Citra. Like, if you want to do, like, a good triple IPA, uh, like New Realms, man, mm-hmm. Radagast. Mm. Yeah, uh, it went out of date, though. Like, no one buys yeah. no one buys New Realms for whatever reason. Of course, that was a missed o- marketing opportunity. That triple IPA was called Radagast. Should have been a brown ale. Yeah. Honestly. I think I we had that one on here. I remember saying that name and having fun with it. It was really, really good. Yeah. And so is that, man. The juice brew is really, really nice. Um, it's been a while since I've had like a uh, Voodoo Ranger, mm-hmm. like uh, anything. Um, to me, it reminds me of God. What was that? Uh, it, it wasn't the regular Voodoo Ranger. It was the one that came out with. It was like uh, there was Voodoo Ranger. Then it was another one that's fruitier. Do you know what I'm talking about? Buterang no, I was reading what Matt Harris typed up there, and it took me a minute to figure out what he was talking about. He just posted, everyone has an inner me. And I thought it was something dirty, and I was trying to figure out what it meant, and I got distracted. I apologize. No, okay. There's Voodoo <laughs> Ranger, and there's that. What, Matt, what the hell does uh, everyone has an inner me? Do you mean everyone has a jovial alcoholic in them? I think that maybe. I mean, I... What like, it means. Love, you, love you to death, brother, but I really don't understand where you're getting at with that. <laughs> at first, I read it as everyone has an any. I was like... An inner... Mi- I, I really can't see like that a, far. Like, I, I, I probably need glasses, but I can't see that far. Oh, I'm seeing all the way. I'm, I can watch into the fucking stadium down there. No, what's it saying now? Oh, read Ian's comment. You know I don't know how to read. How, why do you think I'm talking? On a podcast, I'm not... God damn it. Ugh. For those listening, we're uh, discussing about comments. Oh, I read it now. Here, See, Ian said, uh, Scott needs to channel his inner Matt. Talking about how you were being a little quiet. 
Oh, okay. Not anymore. I fixed you. I, okay, I, yeah. I mean, I that's... cranked you up a little bit. I cranked you. Uh, so yeah, I can blow I out the mic. So I can blow out the microphone. Yeah, thanks, Matt. I was listening to Game of Thrones <laughs> episode two and like uh, on headphones. That helped. We love you, Matt. Love you to death, buddy. <laughs> Can't wait to see you again. <laughs> but uh, let's see. I've got one more beer here for us to get into, but I wanted to say that for the end here. Alrighty. As we, uh, yeah, I was going to kind of hand it off to you and, uh, you know, like I told the audience is Scott's going to be coming around. He's going to be our movie correspondent moving forward. We've got some other content in the works that's more movie related, but probably about once a month, he's going to be coming by the show and dropping some movie knowledge on us. And, you know, you guys know we started from movies. Like I said, I like movies. I like talking about it. So, uh, yeah, what you got going on? Okay. So, uh, like, uh, the streaming wars are in full effect right now, guys. Um, and uh, when he asked me to be on this, I wasn't really sure what to talk about. So I just went on Netflix. I went on HBO. I went on all the streaming services I had. And I started watching various original television shows, various movies and whatnot. And I got into some Netflix originals the other day. And I wanted to talk, them out, uh, talk about them right now. Uh, for one, uh, there's this film, Triple Frontier. Have you seen that one yet? Is that the one that's got like, I feel like it's got everybody I like in it mm-hmm. doing a heist. It's got Charlie Hunnam, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck. Yep. Fucking uh, Oscar Isaac's in it. Oscar Isaac. It's got the guy that, uh, ah, fuck. He was in Narcos and the mountain in Game of Thrones yeah. smashed his eyes in. Yeah. Oh, God. I can't think of his name. But yeah, he's, an, he's an, uh, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Love him. No, no, no. It's got he, he kind of looks like a Spanish Burt Reynolds. And, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, I, I no, like that I a lot. That. I get that. Burr Reynolds get that. was a handsome man. Pedro Pascal's a handsome man. Yeah, he's a and he's an excellent. He's an excellent actor. As a yeah. diehard book fan, yep. he did he did the Red Viper of Doran correctly. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, I, I want one of the spinoffs to be a prequel with him. Like, just you know. I would love to see more of him. I yeah, was disappointed. He, was, I thought he had that in the bag. Like, even knowing Game of Thrones bullshit. I was like, no, holy fuck, you did it. No, no, that's like. what I thought when I read the book, and that's the <laughs> third time I threw that particular novel down. Yeah. Um, but uh, Triple Frontier, it is a heist movie. It's a military movie, but it's also a heist movie. It's got Ben Affleck in it, and bruh. Like, do you like, do you like, your, do you like your heist it, movies with some action? Dude, I love action movies, man. Well, I know. Like, uh, like, this one this one was really... And I love heist movies. Uh, I think Ben Affleck was the producer, which is uh, which is telling because Ben Affleck's kind of like the... like His character is very... I, I don't want to say unsympathetic, but his character's like kind of the kind of the fuck up. You know? Like, his character's like, oh, 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 we're going we're gonna to hit this drug dealer, and then like, oh, we got all this money. Let's get more. Let's get more. Or like, oh, hey, cool. Like... Like, no, we'll leave him and we'll take the money. Like, you know, like he plays this kind of like almost like rat face guy. Like he, he gets that gold crazy kind of situation going on. And uh, I highly recommend this film for anyone who likes a heist movie, likes action movies. If you like any of the actors in it, they all put in really good performances. Pacing's good. Acting's good. It's just a very solid action-y heist film. And if you've got some time to kill, that is not a bad way to spend an afternoon. But it's good. Oh, it is. So, it's it's so good, man. Like, I mean, they all play off each other very well. Like, see, one of the things I love about like I mean, it's, it's a great cast. No, one of the things I love about like big name casts or like, you know, when you have mm. big name casts or something like they come into like movies like this come in two flavors. Either comes in the, like, OK, we've overblown this movie with a whole bunch of names because the script's not very good and mm. they're just here for a paycheck. So we're going to distract you by look at all the pretty people on screen. Yeah. Then there are the other ones that are well written, well directed, well edited. They have everything they knew. So the actors are like, yeah, I really enjoyed this project. 
I'm going to outact everyone. Like, okay, for instance, mm. the Three Chindi Yuma remake, Christian Bale and Russell Crowe. That was a great movie. Which is a fantastic yeah. remake. One of the things you pick up on when you watch that remake is whenever they share a scene together, they're trying to outact one another in the context of their characters. <laughs> they're trying to steal the scene. Like, for instance, it's like, it's like okay, for instance, Russell Crowe will be in the background doing something while Christian Bale's like doing like this monologue, I got to protect my family. Same situation here. Like, you know, Charlie Hunnam and Oscar Isaac are like uh, talking about like going on the heist and all of a sudden like Oscar Isaac's just like, yeah, man. And it's like almost like they're like, like weird. Fl- they're like trying to like do military bravado, but in the context of their characters. So you're not sure who you're rooting for more because Oscar Isaac's kind of the villain, but not really. But Ben Affleck's the fuck up and like they all play their parts so well and they're just like trying to like they're trying to steal the show. And it's so, so fun when that happens because like you see these great actors, masters of their craft, having a good time in this fun little like action heist movie. It's not gonna win any awards. But it's just really, really fun. And uh, action choreo- choreography. You may have just sold me on this because I hadn't watched it. But you really need to check it out. Well, when, the, when the trailer came out and I first heard about it, I honestly, I thought it was a movie coming out in theaters because that's no, how it looked that way. That's too. how I, big budget it looks. It looks really great. And then I didn't watch it because I, I was afraid because I've been really displeased with how a lot of the Netflix movies have gone in the third uh, act of the movie. I'm fixing to get into something They're fucking like great. And then they're like, no, nope, we're done. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, um, a lot of Netflix movies for me have done that, where I've been really into it up until the last I mean, the 15, dirt, 20 minutes. Uh, the Dirt is uh, is an okay film, but yeah, that third act just mm. feels super, super tacked on. And the shows are great. The, no, no, and well, I want to get into that in a second. Um, but yeah, Triple Frontier, if you guys have Netflix, go and see it. Like, it was really, really good. It's a heist movie, but it's also a military film. It's got good action. It's like the town, but with military guys. And likable heroes. As opposed to the town, which has Jeremy Renner, who's likable, but you're like, yeah, no, that, guy, that guy's awful. Um, anyway, now, as a. You okay there, Chief? Yeah, that was, I was not expecting that. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. Uh, I mean, I guess I could take a sip. Uh, keep on track here. No, definitely. Yeah, let's get, we'll get into that in a minute. I want to settle into it and talk about it because I can't right now. Oh, my. That is delightful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, on the other thing. Uh, so, I watched a movie today that I was very, very, very upset with. It's called Rim of the World. Mm. I'm not, like, upset, upset about it. It is not a good film, though. This is like the, it's like the new Netflix, it's like this new Netflix film, I think it debuted like two weeks ago, and it was pitched to me as Goonies meets like the here and now, like it's Goonies, but there's an alien invasion and the kids have to like get the MacGuffin to a certain place, and I'm like, oh, so it's like an 80s kid adventure film, like that's what it's billed as, and it's directed by this guy called McGee. Of Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle fame, you know, like if you've seen a McG movie. Terminator uh, Salvation. Yeah, McG. Anyway, um, this is bad. Like, real bad. Like, there, there are parts like you get a little bit of a chuckle out of, but there are points that, there are plot holes you can drive a semi truck through. And not the fun ones, like in Near Dark. Okay, okay, first of all, first of all, the, the crooks of any, like, kind of, like, you know, kids' movie team is always, like, they know one another. They have all this experience. 
or failing that, there's like time skips. You get to see them interact and like, oh, they're friends. Then the adventure starts. This doesn't happen. There's this one kid, loves his mom. He gets dropped off at camp. He's the camp like sissy. Everyone makes fun of him except for like this mute Chinese girl who isn't actually mute. Um, then the alien invasion happens. And they have to basically have to go to, from point A to point B. And it is just... The, the characters fall inordinately flat. Um, some of the jokes are a little funny, but it's like they try to do like a throwback, like late 80s, early 90s thing. And it just it just doesn't work at all, in my opinion. It's it's really frustrating because it's like, OK, the premise is really neat. Well, it's like, oh, these kids who have like been through like summer camp and like they're all buddies and like summer forever. And then all of a sudden. Oh, aliens attack. We can save the world. Don't you like, I, I love 80s, like kids movies, like Monster Squad's one of my favorites. Uh, like I can't start Halloween without that. Uh, like the Goonies, of course, which is what this was pitched to me as, um, you know, any kind of 80s boy team or that Stranger Things, for God's sakes. And uh, Stranger Things coming out next next month. If you're interested in something like this, wait for that, because this is not that it is just it's poorly written. The kids do the best they can, but it's just so, so bad. And the practical, uh, the special effects are kind of neat, but the MacGuffin isn't even all there. It's don't, don't watch this movie like Netflix. It, it's not even that like, Hey, uh, it's just, uh, uh, is it over? How did that guy know that? Okay. That's neat. God, I hate this movie. <laughs> There's been several Netflix original movies that have had that same just like it's a real cool concept. I'm super into the idea. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to be like the rising action's great, you know, and we get right there at the climax and even the falling action coming into the conclusion of the movie. I need to move my diagram over here. It's great. But uh then you get to the last 15, 20 minutes, the last act of the movie. And it just, okay. yeah, and it's not, not good. I watched it. So, and this one doesn't even have that. It's not like the premise is super neat. I love the idea of like, you know, like, yeah. please give me more like adventure kids movies. I see. Love, I was intrigued I, by that. I love, I love that concept, man. Like, you know, like, uh, one of my, like, like one of my favorite TV shows of all time is this show called recess. And it's like, it's like this group of kids playing at recess, but it's seen through a child's eye. Like they have their own economy. They go on adventures across the playground and it's like this like microcosm and like the Goonies is great because it's just like, well, adults, adults can't help us. looks like we'll have to go into the caves and like find the pirate treasure. And I'm just like, only a kid thinks of that. That's like, maybe it's in their imagination. Maybe they save their town or maybe they don't. I don't know. Perhaps it's all in there in their minds. But this one, it's just, no, no. The characters are generally unlikable. They all play into like these weird stereotypes. The effects are good, ish. They kind of. It's just. It's not a good movie. Do not go see. Uh, do not watch Room of the World. Watch Mindhunter season one hmm. again. Yeah, which, Mindhunter was great, and I'm going to get into that in just a second. Um, but if, for anyone who did not cancel their HBO subscription. And I hope that's a few of you because their original content is fantastic, but they also get a lot of movies. And here's one that kind of slipped by even me that I watched today. It's called Bad Times at the El Royale. 
Oh. Now this is kind of like my little indie. It's not super accessible. This is a very this is a fairly long movie. I think it's like two hours and some and forty minutes. Two hours thirty minutes. It's almost a three hour long film. And it's like a Chris Hemsworth's pretty great in that movie. Yeah, yeah. You've seen yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Please talk to me about that. Oh my god, he's the best part. He's fucking yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Um, it's really really good. It's one you definitely have to pay attention to. I can't recommend this guy to everyone, but it is such a good film. Mainly because it's like it's you know you got the element of the heist film, but then there's also like this cult, and then like it all just comes together at this one centralized location. So it's almost like six or seven different movies converged on one location, and then they all resolved in weird ways. Like I want to see more. I wanted to see more of John Hamm's character, especially like when he was throwing on that accent and he was like, yeah. "I'm a vacuum cleaner salesman. I do declare I'm from Bucks. I'm from Louisiana." <laughs> you know, Dude, you were talking earlier about packed, like jam packed cast. That's that, a jam packed. That's, cast. that's a really good cast. Yeah. And, oh, the singing for a weird movie. It's a super weird movie. Yeah. It's not easily accessible. It's very long, and like the way it's cut together is okay. I like, I like, I like Rashmon kind of like cutting where it's just like okay, cool. So for instance, you'll see, uh, you'll see one plot like something will happen, then it'll cut to somebody else, then you'll see what they see like that plot point through their eyes. And it's just so, so well shot. It's very well acted. The, the visuals remind me very P.T. Anderson-y. I get P.T. Anderson. I also got a lot of Coen Brothers. Yeah. Off of that. I was like, it's like a Coen Brothers movie that the Coens didn't direct. Yeah. And I was like, that's really, really good. It's not an easy sit through. I will say, like, there were times, like, yeah, mm. I was enjoying myself, but I was also like, Damn, where are they going? Because these this guy knows how to hold on to a shot, which mm. really revs up the tension. Uh, there's like that one scene with Jeff Bridges and the kid, and they're de- like down that long hallway, and then they like mm. see like what happens to John Ham's character, and like it's just like, are they gonna get discovered? What's going on? And like, yeah, they they rev up the tension, but there's sometimes like they you can just really hold on to a shot. It's a difficult movie to watch sometimes. Mm-hmm. But if you want a good like, once again, if you want a good long movie that's very entertaining that you'll be satisfied with, I recommend that one. Go with Triple Frontier or uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. They're both really, really good. But uh, like you were saying earlier, like the uh, uh, the season, uh, like, you know, how the series of uh, Netflix are so much better. I'm looking yeah. forward to Stranger Things. I think Netflix, their movies are really hit or miss for me. Well, it makes me wonder if they are basically just trolling around and like a studio mailroom. I mean, not literally, but if they're like, oh, Universal Studios didn't want to produce this, we'll do it. Whatever. Almost. And there are a few projects. We're like, cause you know, the, you know, the blacklist, right? It's like the blacklist of scripts. That's un- it's like the best. It's the True. movies that almost got made each year, but they have this thing on the internet called the blacklist. And it is a list of scripts that were almost like got 95% there to getting produced that year. And they just didn't make the cut of like in all of Hollywood and move. I mean, there's several movies like honestly, blacklist movies tend to eventually get made, but just honed down and things like that. I mean, there are some like, uh, if you're, and if you're interested in something like that, um, I highly recommend watching the documentary film, Jordan, uh, Jordan I cannot pronounce his name. Alejandro Jordi is that how you say his name? Sounds good to me. Uh, uh, Jordan Asky's Dune. It's an excellent documentary film. Uh, if you don't know who uh, 
Alejandro is. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name again. He's a Spanish filmmaker. He's directed like these midnight films. Like he's most famous for El Topo and uh, Holy Mountain. They're very difficult, visually stunning acid films. Like mm. they were made like while he was on drugs. And he and Dune as a film did get made, and they're doing a remake of it. I think they're doing a series. I think it might actually be a Netflix series now. Um, but the Dune film, the book is this fucking thick. So like the film had to cut out a lot and like, you know, and it's a really good film, very visually stunning. But the way this man was going to make that film and he was like, yeah, like I was going to get Orson Welles and all these famous stars, Burt Reynolds was going to be in it. And like, this was going to be made in the seventies. And it was like, oh man, this sounds amazing. And uh, that's a great example of a blacklist movie. Yeah. A movie that eventually gets made, but like they had to like change up all the production stuff. Like, uh, but go out and watch that. Um, uh, I'm sorry, you were saying? No, I was just saying how I think, I don't know, it seems to me that a lot of Netflix's M.O. is sort of buying up some of these blacklist movies and just being like, ah, to hell with it. Let's produce and throw it out there next month. Why not? You know? And um, I watched some movie, it was probably about this time last year, and it's when I really, like, honestly, I think it, maybe to the hour, it was this time last year. I'm about to kill a fucking fly right here. Done. Y'all see it. Take it to print. Fucker is dead. Let me pour one out for my dead homie. Right there. Y'all saw them ninja skills. But, uh... Do not mess with brew chat. But, yeah, so it seems to me that a lot of the, like, you know, that they're picking up these blacklist movies... And but I don't get the consistency of like two thirds of the movie is great and then you just take a stark dive and about this time last year there was this and I saw it advertised I love dystopian not even dystopian just apocalypse movies <laughs> show me how the world ends yes. show me a new way the world can end uh, the uh, the closer we get to the actual apocalypse yeah. they're they're actually yeah. really fun what's it gonna be man and they're Max? comedies now you know <laughs> and uh, uh, a, boy, a boy and his dog is not a comedy. Uh, you know, watch good omens. But uh, um, but there was this movie I cannot remember the name right now, but it's a, it's a Netflix original. It's about the end of the earth. There's it's never explained what really happens to the earth, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with going in cold and never learning about that and just this being the world. I'm okay with that. Kind of like Walking Dead. We never learn what causes the zombie apocalypse, but you're in this world. I mean, and, uh, uh, I was okay with that yeah, for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but it, it, your mind, it your mind always thin. creates a much better reason for. But uh, this movie, there's like a meteor or something, but it's basically the story is it's a road trip movie vibe, kind of similar to Logan. Okay, but it's this son who has gone to Chicago from Seattle, or this guy that's gone from Chicago or from Seattle to Chicago to visit his girlfriend's parents and ask her strict-ass dad, Forrest Whitaker, for her hand in marriage. I think I missed this one. And then the apocalypse happens. And then the apocalypse happens. And Forrest Whitaker, her dad, who's like an ex-military survivalist guy, is like, no, we're going to go rescue my daughter. You're with me or you're against me. And so her fiancé, who's still not asked, and they don't get along, her fiancé... Who still hasn't asked for her hand in marriage and doesn't get along with her dad, and that's why he's not asked. He's like, no, I want to rescue. She's the love of my life. Let's go. We don't get along, but through this shared thing, like, you love your daughter. I love my fiance. I want to ask her to marry me. Let's go rescue her from, 
and do this road trip from Chicago to Seattle in an apocalypse. That sounds Sounds great. fucking great, right? Yeah. And the first two-thirds of it is you travel through. It's got like... It is a little weird because like things go to real shit in a matter of like three days, which seems a little quick to me. But yeah, like it gets a little Mad Maxy. It gets a little like there's fire everywhere. It's fucking great. And then it ends with him eventually catching up. Like it, there's a little children of men mixed in there too in ooh, that blender. It's ooh, good. Children of men. And uh, I'm just gonna tell you how it ends because it's fucking stupid. Is he eventually catches up with his fiance in Seattle and they're like, Oh my God, I think I'll see you again. Oh my God. I love you so much. You know, and they get in a camper to flee the city as like some giant explosion or something is happening, like a volcanic explosion. And they kiss and drive off into the sunset as the pyroclastic cloud chases them in their RV. And then the credits roll. There's no resolution of um, anything. Okay, and uh, that sounds like that sounds like they didn't know where to go. Like, it's, yeah, it's the classic. It was it was very it ended so abruptly. It's like the alternate take for uh, for Red State. Have you uh, have you ever heard about that? I've not seen the alternate ca- take. No, no, it's it. not an alternate. Uh, no, they never shot it. Kevin mm. Smith talks about like what he wanted to do versus what he had to do. Ah. Like he actually, but he's actually a decent enough writer. He actually gave it yeah. somewhat of a resolution. Um, he actually wanted the biblical apocalypse to happen. Ah, no, like uh, like Michael like Park's character. No, 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 like no, Michael Bar- no, Michael Park's character. Like he hears the horns. He's looking at John Goodman's character. And he's like, yes, yes, and all of a sudden he's like shunk, and it's like this like phase out, and it's the it's it's the angel Gabriel with the sort of damnation, like, and he looks at John Goodman's character, and it's the actual biblical apocalypse, and that's how the movie what? was supposed to end. He also went on and said, like, okay, cool. So that turns a, you know, $20 million movie into a $120 million mm. movie. Studios don't do that. So that sounds to me like they had a okay resolution. Like they had, like, one that's going to be like, oh, this is going to be really cool. And we got to do all that. All right, cool. So we've set the budget for this much. And this is really just going to spike it up. We're not doing that. But do you still want your movie to get made? I bet you do. Yeah. I know it, it was kind of it was a very Game of Thrones ending of just like well we're done with this and uh, here's our conclusion paragraph that's how I feel about that and we are done the end here you go I mean I, I yeah. get that and I think uh, I think Netflix uh, it really I'm I'm psyched for the Scorsese film I think that's going to be really good I cannot wait for that one which it's coming out later this year it's going to be so good oh my god I can't wait um I think Netflix like uh, their strength is really their series. Mm-hmm. Like as far as storytelling goes, like and honestly, uh, they even have you seen um, God, what's that Lemony Snicket novel called? Series of Unfortunate Events. Have you seen the uh, television show? No. Uh, they no. actually they actually talk about that because uh, there was that adaptation with Jim Carrey and Jim yeah. Carrey did an excellent Count Orla. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, at one point, um, the children go to a foster home and the, their foster dad is just like, "Do you like going to the movies?" He's all like, oh, yeah, we love going to the movies. And, like, Count Orloff's in this outfit. It's like, movies can get, get across, like, the characters. And I, I like the blood points of, of, te- of long-form television shows. And I'm just like, y- you know, that's kind of how it is now. Like, uh, that's why movies are so long nowadays, I think. It's because, like, all right, cool. Uh, okay, for instance, one of my favorite films is, uh, is this film called Near Dark. It's another 80s vampire film. Um, and... Uh, there are, once again, plot holes you can drive a semi-truck through. 
certain characterization parts don't really make any sense. And from a person who's like used to like having more characterization and more like plot resolution, like uh, like you you kind of see that. It's still a great mm-hmm. film, one of Bill Paxton's best performances ever. But but there is that there are all those gaping plot holes and it that kind of cheapens the entire experience of the film as opposed to like something like I don't know Stranger Things where it's like uh, no no we can we can show you where Eleven was like we're not bound by like eighty or yeah. ninety minute runtime we have like six hours to show you where all these characters were is Will clipping his toenails absolutely <laughs> we can show that. Like, or we can like, or better yet, actually, I would love to see Will like, just like coming up like with DM notes. That would be, that would be some side material I would love to see. They're just like, oh yeah, cool. Then I'll, then I'll do this trap. And then no one discovers the trap. Oh God. It'd be <laughs> so much fun. Like if you're going to do tertiary shit like that. But, um, speaking of Netflix series, I do have a wee bit of news that, uh, like I know I got a lot, uh, a lot of our friends are true crime fans. Mm-hmm. Mindhunter is one of the best shows out on Netflix. It really is. Yeah. David Fincher. Um, I actually, uh, had to rewatch Mindhunter when I got a new TV because my old TV, it was, it, it couldn't handle David Fincher's darkness. Like I couldn't mm. see certain things because it, that it's just shot so dark. Uh, Mindhunter has an official release date now. Charlize Theron, who is an executive producer, she's an EP, has said it's going to be August 2019. And do you know anything about season two? That's soon. I know. Not soon enough. I'm waiting a year and a half. Um, (laughs) But uh, Has it been that long? 2017, brother. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, and I understand. I need to rewatch that. uh, Yeah, I watched a couple episodes today to get the bad taste of uh, Rim of the World out of my mouth. God, that movie's bad. Um, Out of my mouth. Um... Uh, do you know anything about season two? Like, have you nothing? Like, oh nothing. my god! Okay, so the synopsis uh, synopsis for season two is Holden and um, uh, Tinch are going to uh, investigate. The, the big plot is going to be the Atlanta child murderers. Ooh, yeah. Uh, which is like, if you're a true crime nerd, you know what they are. It were these murders that took place between like 1979 and 1981. I'm not going to get into that. This is not a true crime podcast. Uh, it's a very interesting case, but that's going to be like the main plot. They're supposed to have like a Charlie Manson in there, and Charlie Manson, uh, the guy who plays Charlie Manson, plays Charlie Manson in the new Quentin Tarantino movie. So, Whoa, for real? They double cast him? No, they double cast him because um, awesome. no, no, Tarantino apparently saw dailies of Mindhunter because he's friends with David Fincher and was like, <laughs> that guy, that guy there for the film I'm doing. <laughs> so I'm just like, that's really, really cool. He's getting to be Charlie Manson twice in a year. Damn. Like, actually, almost simultaneously back-to-back, because uh, yeah. I think uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is in July, and then Mindhunter debuts mm-hmm. in August. So, yeah, that's going to be super dope. It's going to be August. It's going to go for the Atlanta Child Murders. You're probably going to get, like, a much more of a time skip. You're going to get to, like, see this character again. I hope we get more Ed Kemper, because he was awesome. Yeah, he was the, awesome. The guy, plays, the guy who plays Ed Kemper is great. Like, in anything I've ever seen him in, he was in He was Barry. good in Umbrella Academy. Really good yeah. in Umbrella Academy. Like, he's uh, as Hazel in Umbrella Academy, he was super, super good. Um, I uh, I re- uh, really liked him in Barry as well. He was very, very funny in Barry for the little part he had there. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, as far as movie news goes, so how about Dark Phoenix shit in the bed, huh? I've not seen it, but I don't honestly feel like I have to. No, me neither. Uh, I've heard. Can, can I give you my thoughts, like no. real quick on it? Is I'm uh, not just, interested in seeing it because... Uh, preface for this, we are both huge Marvel comic nerds. Yeah. We have had numerous drunken debate at JJ's after comedy where we will scream at one another, No, Galactus could totally beat Infinity yeah. if, he had the, if he had the Eye of Agamotto. He wouldn't get the Eye of Agamotto. Yeah, you know, like really weird nerd shit like that. Like, so like, if anyone's qualified to talk about something like this, we are. 
<laughs> go on. And uh, I don't know. It seemed I wasn't too pleased with Apocalypse. And this is coming from I was very pleased with X-Men First Class and oh, even yeah. Days yeah. of Future Past. Uh, I thought uh, uh, First Class is probably the finest X-Men film. It's incredible. The whole. It is so and I good. Liked, I'm, and I liked how they tried to mend the timelines with Days of Future Past. Even the, It kind of failed, but I liked... They, I like that they went for it. I, I do and it too. Everything because together. I mean, and this was the swan song, man. This was the swan song with a uh, with like Fox having the X Men franchise, man. Uh, but there were problems. But it seems to me that this was this was kind of like it seemed to me that this was the last season of a TV show. Yeah, where they went ahead and shot it, knowing they were getting canceled. Is that a subtle dig at Game of Thrones season eight? Because um, no, I don't mean it. That it just seems like we're getting canceled, but we already shot this. I mean, yeah, kind of. Um, I've heard. There can were we some, put it out anyway? I've heard there were some slight uh, reshoots because it was supposed to be like the. It was too similar to the end of Captain Marvel. They were going to use scrolls, apparently. I've heard that that's yeah. actually bunk. Though. Really, really. I've, that they had no idea what Captain Marvel was doing, which would honestly make more sense if they were going to use scrolls. But yeah, no, I've heard that that's bunk. Um, apparently Hugh Jackman or like Wolverine was going to be in this one because once again, this was put on the back burner for years. Yeah. Like it was like most of the footage was shot in 2017, which is around the time Logan came out. Yeah. Um, so they probably could have gotten Jackman in there as Wolverine, like, you know, to reprise that role. Um, because that was before he was done done mm. with it. Um, but uh, the director said, and I quote, they wanted to focus more on Jean Grey, which is fine because the Phoenix storyline is one of the best comic book storylines ever, and Jean really sells that, But he, uh, and he didn't want to take away from that. He also felt that the age difference between Hugh Jackman and Sophie Turner was a little creepy, which, I mean, y- yeah, and like, he looks great. But, I mean, you're you're operating in a universe... Where Eric Lyncher, Magneto, Here we go. looks the exact same way as he did 35 years prior. So, and James McAvoy looks the exact same he did. Yeah, no, no. Well, I'm just, um, well, yeah. Also, like, while I'm on this, um, what are they going to do when Magneto's, like, in his hundreds and he's still a Holocaust survivor? How are they going to retcon that? <laughs> I like no because that's an excellent backstory. Yeah, I love Magneto's backstory. I think that really sells it. That's super cool. Yeah, For, one of my favorite parts about First Class was like when he had the Nazi gold and he was just like, you know what you did, and he holds up a quarter and I'm just like, mm-hmm. get him, get him, kill him, dude. That I could take a whole movie of watching Magneto travel the world Hunt in Nazis. those slick ass suits, walking all fine and dandy, just fucking assassinating Nazis with his quarter. I could seriously watch a whole no, movie. No, no, yeah, that. no. I would no. That that actually be a, a, a Michael Fassman to get on this, man. Yeah. Like, like, and okay, all Magneto, sixty Magneto. of his teeth, all sixty of them, because that dude's got a lot of teeth. He grins. It goes ear to ear, man. Okay, so you've uh, you've ruined Michael Fassman for me. Uh, now I know how uh, my friends felt when I ruined Jason Momoa with his weird wonky eye. Does he have a wonky eye? You can't unsee it once you see it. He's still perfect. He, and I want to get a beer with him one day. Like, if I'm ever famous, I want to drink beer. I mean, I know he's got, like, the scar. No, 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 no. Okay, so, like, you know that famous, like, uh, uh, Sexiest Man Alive, like, you know, second runner-up because he lost to Blake Shelton for some yeah. reason? Like, that one where, like, he's Aquaman, he's all cut and chiseled and he's perfect. God, I hate him, but I love him. <laughs> um, 
Like, even then you can see it. Like, his eyes just a little loopy. Just a bit. Like, look it up on your phone if you want to. It's just just a bit. Not okay. enough to, like, really be noticeable. Well, I like out. that, though. It's like, good. You aren't perfect, you fucking chiseled god. No, 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 no. He's yeah. average. <laughs> no, he's, yeah, he's just he, a he's normal this, person. He's decidedly not. If I shaved a beard, if I shaved my beard, I would look a lot worse than I do now. He shaves his beard. <laughs> huh. How did he get sexier? <laughs> I hate him. But um, no. Uh, yeah, there was going to be uh, Wolverine was going to be in the movie, apparently, for like like an early draft. And a lot of people are blaming the Disney merger. That's simply not true, because, again, it, it was mostly all shot mm-hmm. by that. But I, I do agree um, as far as like the, the scuttlebutt is. It's a young adult movie that it happens to feature comic book characters. Like yeah. the characterization's all wrong. Like no one. It, and I've been an apologist for the X Men films for a long time because uh, w- uh, the first X Men film was the first decent Marvel or was the first decent comic book film. Decent period. superhero. Yeah. Yeah. No, the first decent comic book film we had gotten ever. Before that, it was if you could find an old copy. This is back in the old analog days because I'm an old. Uh, if you could find it like a decent copy of Roger Corman's Fantastic Four, that one was pretty okay. Um, let's see here. The Red Brown Captain America thing, like the made-for-TV Doctor Strange pilot, that one was stupid. And then, you know, you have the animated DC shows. Like, uh, as comic book fans, we didn't really have, like, movies like we do now. Um, so, uh, yeah, like... I don't understand, and people have shied away from this one, which is which is amazing. Like it used to be, like, do you think we're getting genre fatigue with comic book movies? No, I really think this movie in particular is everybody that is a fan of it going into it is ultimately a purist fan of Marvel, and so every all these X Men fans, you know, yeah, they're paying to go see these Fox X Men movies this whole time, but really what they want is like. No, we want these guys playing in the same sandbox as Iron Man or Spider Man. Like, yeah, we best, want that. Like, this this are... is half-assed Marvel storytelling right here, and I think we've always understood that as fans. But now knowing that Marvel actually does have it, and this movie was still coming out, and like even after this, we're gonna have to wait at least a good five or six years for some dust to settle for them to work. The mutants into the MCU. I mean, that's why uh, that's why we don't get the Inhumans. Like the Inhumans had what one season, and nobody knows about that show. Yeah, well, that show was they, pretty terrible. That show's not a very good show. No, it was terrible. Uh, Black Bolt's one of my like, like third. Like he's on, yeah. he's, he's, he's he's on the bottom end, but I do like Black Bolt as a superhero. Yeah, so bad. Like that. No, that show that, was that show's terrible. really bad, and I'm glad nobody knows about it, and I'm glad that like mutants yeah. are actually coming into the proper MCU. Yeah, but um. Yeah, uh, like I was saying, man, like, as a comic book fan, I was an apologist for a lot of these films. Like, even X3, I was like, wow, this X3 movie's really, really bad. Okay, it's the best I got to deal with. Um, but, I mean, now that we've had the MCU, I think now we're allowed to complain mm-hmm. about, like, certain aspects of different superhero movies. Um, or, like, even superhero shows, like, when they're hackneyed and bad, like... Um, have you seen the Batwoman trailer for the WB? I have not because I don't watch any of those WB shows. I watched uh, Gotham. Gotham's and, fun because yeah, the villains it, are great. They characterize the villains very, very that well. That show's ridiculous. And it's kind of a standalone, actually. It's it's a ridiculous fucking show, but I enjoyed it. It was a fun ride. Yeah, it's, it's – uh, 
I really don't but, keep up too much with the WB. Uh, with the, I'm sorry. Uh, I am an old once again. The CW. Uh, back in the day, we had WB and yeah. UPN. They merged. Yeah. Um, CW shows. I kind of like my roommates are really big into it. Um, I'm not super big into the shows. Uh, but a friend of mine said, "Like, oh hey, did you hear uh, Ruby Rose? Ruby Riot? I think her name Ruby is Ruby Rose. Yeah, Ruby Rose." Um, is going to play Batwoman in the TV show. And I'm aware of her. S.R. and Orange is the New Black, uh, that god-awful Triple X movie, that sequel. I love that movie. It I was, st- it I was still so ridiculous that. and I perfect. Ha- no, 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 no. no. <laughs> the first one was, was pretty great. The, this one is, no, man. That- Dude, when Ice Cube pops out, that was a great moment. A great moment doesn't make a good film, but, Tanner. I know, but that moment. No, no, no. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think you should go into a triple X movie expecting a good film to begin with. I uh, know. I, I wasn't. <laughs> I was expecting an entertaining film, but there, like, I didn't even get that. Okay, you know, man. He oh. comes out with a rocket launcher. He's like, "Yo, X is for life." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or no, whatever I, he says. He's got like a cool line where he says something. I mean, yeah, about the axes. Uh, and the then, whole point <laughs> is, the whole point is, like, I mean, like, I, I, w- I was a little worried about like how that was going to go down because, like. Orange is the New Black, eh, kind of a one-note character, but she did she played that note very well. The Triple X movie, I didn't think she did that great, you know. Like, yeah, she played like the like the Australian sniper who's like, oh, I'm crazy, but not really. Mm. Um, you know, like she was playing like a badass chick, and I'm like, okay, that's that's really neat. Like, but also like uh, she felt stilted. This Batwoman trailer, dude, oh god, it's like it's like they're trying to make a Captain Marvel television show, mm. but they're doing it wrong okay now now a straight white man here so take this with a grain of salt the reason Captain marvel i found was so good was it was a feminist movie but it didn't go overboard with its message you throw any political message into any kind of like fluffy entertainment it's going to get ruined captain marvel had that correct balance there was only one point in that movie where i felt upset where i was like okay come on that's a bit much and it's the it's called a cockpit for a reason. That felt tacked on. That that was the only bit. Like every time she's getting back up because like, oh, a man told me I couldn't do this. I'm getting back up because that's my character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I understand like you're getting scolded by men. That That's fine. I understand what you're saying. Women are strong. You are strong. That's the character. Cool. Awesome. I'm okay with you having the power cosmic. I'm okay with you being who you are because I didn't watch the Brie Larson interview. I don't care. It was a fun movie. Did a feminist movie proper. This Batwoman trailer? They go full on. They they go all in with that. Like, wow. Like that that bat suit. Yeah. Like, okay, that bat suit is the most perfect thing I've ever seen. It is when a woman wears it. Stuff like that. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, like, like, hey, guys, look at us. Look at us. And I hate stuff like that because I was raised by women, by two women who worked hard. They're a single mother and my grandmother. So... Like somebody saying like a woman can do anything a man can do. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, don't like, don't like shove it in my face. Cause then it feels like, no, no, we're shoving it in our face in your face because like, like we don't fully believe it. Like, no, no, no. Bat, bat woman's being badass. Please, please just let her do her thing. Like it, it just looks bad. Like I'm going to wait until the show comes out, but like that trailer, the way it was cut, it just looked like it looked like they were getting on like some kind of soapbox that does not need to be stepped on. Captain Marvel did it right. Batwoman looks like it's doing it wrong, which is kind of going in with the DC trend of like, hey, they did this one thing. Let's try to up the ante and not do it correctly. Okay, that's sorry. What's the what the fuck's up with Swamp Thing? 
Oh, yeah, no, that, yeah. that, that got canceled. That shit looked awesome. <laughs> Didn't it, though? Didn't yeah. It though? Yeah, it premiered one oh, episode gosh. and then canceled. That shit, lo- like, it legit looked awesome. And Swamp I love Thing. Swamp Thing. Yeah, no, Swamp Thing's a li- Okay, so DC's trying to make the big bucks. They're trying to, I think, I think they're trying to compete with Marvel, and there's really no competition if you take a look at it. Okay, what's regarding to the Alex movie? Suicide Squad? The director's cut is okay. Okay. It's not even that good. It's okay. And the theatrical cut is bad. Um, what's, your best, what's the best DC film you've seen? Uh... I should I really shouldn't have to think this hard. <laughs> yeah, you really shouldn't. Like, I mean, um, unless it, like, oh well, Superman was really cool, or like maybe that Batman movie, or oh my god, I enjoyed cool. the Batman scenes in Batman versus Superman. I don't think we can be friends anymore. Like the Batman scenes, I enjoyed, but that was about it. I mean, so you think that's like the best that they have to offer? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. I mean, Aquaman was fun, but it wasn't. I I started that movie three different times and got bored about ten minutes in. It's and it's fun. I it's, don't need to see Django fat de aged. I don't give a fuck. I got you. Um, yeah. Let's see here. What was that other one? Anyway, my, the point I'm trying to make is, what was I talking about? Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah. Um, the point I'm trying to make is, uh, DC has this nasty habit of trying to imitate Marvel. Mm-hmm. And doing it very poorly. Like, okay, for instance, Justice League is not the Avengers in any stripe. Like, I love DC Comics. Don't give me a Justice League film without, like, at least six years of films. Okay? Like, come on. The best, I guess the best DC film is probably Wonder Woman? I do do like Wonder Woman quite a bit. Wonder Woman was great. Yeah, Wonder Woman was solid. I had a really good time with Wonder Woman. Um, like that was okay. Um, that was a really, really fun film. I'm just, I, I'm just really worried that DC's going into this trend because for a while their television shows have been pretty good. My friends rave about them and they're diehard mm-hmm. Marvel MCU guys. They, um, like, uh, they were like, oh yeah, Green Arrow's really good and so is The Flash and all this other stuff. And I'm worried that they're going to try to compete with Marvel to the point where it's like, this is too weird. And that's why Swamp Thing kind of got canceled. Because Swamp mm. Thing looks dope. Swamp it Thing looked w- really... I was excited from when I saw the trailer. And I watched part... I watched half of the first pilot episode. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm going to return to this. Swamp- because I fell asleep. And I was like, I'm going to come back and finish this. And then literally the next day I get up and it had been canceled. And I was like, what? I was really digging like the 20 minutes I had watched of that. And like, it's it's... It's a weird concept. They're trying to, I think they're trying to go mainstream with it. They're trying to like, like, okay, because you're a Marvel guy. Yeah. We're never going to get West Coast Avengers. Maybe in Deadpool, like maybe he kills the West Coast Avengers, but we're never going to get a West Coast Avengers film. Swamp Thing isn't quite that kitschy, but on the scale of like weird stuff, he's, he's not like what you would call like a, like, you know, a money guy. Yeah. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't be like Iron Man. You can turn into a money guy. Swamp Thing, uh, it's a little weird. How you know? It's like it's like how we're never gonna get tales from the Green Lantern Corps because Mogo is a thing. Well, they apparently there was concept footage that was leaked several years back that apparently Swamp Thing was going to be involved in the Justice League movie, and they cut him out. I yeah. wonder why. Maybe it's because he's weird. 
Like, I'm I fine mean, with it. Bring the weird. Look, Guardians the weird. of the Galaxy is weird, but Doctor Marvel Str- made it work. Doctor Strange is weird as Doctor fuck, Strange's but they made weird. it work. Yeah, but they 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 make it work, and see that's what DC's doing, man. They're, like they're, they're you got trying- Iron Man talking to a tree and a raccoon now. That's weird as fuck, but they make it work. Because uh, Marvel's weird. Like yeah. a lot of people are saying, like, hey, you know what, Marvel Comics? Can you tell me about the Guardians of the Galaxy? No, because there are two different entities. There's Marvel Cosmic, then there's like regular Marvel. But when they interact, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Why not like make that side of DC? I, I just <laughs> feel like we've gotten on a tangent here. We do. Let's. Uh, we need to be wrapping up though. We've went a little bit over our time. Yeah, well. Hot damn! I think we went two hours tonight. No. Um, let's talk about this last beer, and then we'll wrap things up here. Uh, this is from Urban Artifact. This is their tapestry. It's a barrel aged sour ale with passion fruit and peach. And it's very delicious. It it, it shocked me when I first drank it because it's a stark contrast to these beers. Uh, no, see, like when I drank that is that is a what is that? A, is it supposed to be a wild or is it a sour? It's a sour. Oh my god! Oh mm-hmm. god! That it's is got so some good. flavor text on here too. Let me get some music here. Oh, let's see. Sexy. What do I want? Let me see here. It's like the Dos Peros bottle, where that poetry I wrote in high school. Mm, we're going to do this one. No, I don't like that one. I'm going to use this one. Several years ago, a group of passionate homebrewers got together to taste, discuss, and brew. Yeah. It became a core group of individuals who met often to exchange ideas and taste different trends and styles of beer. Many discussions focused on sour beer and brewing techniques. The group began making beers and aging them in oak wine barrels, adding their own house, house sour cultures and favorite hand-collected yeast strains. After several years in collaboration with Urban Artifact, the large editions of real fruit, the tapestry is complete. The many threads of this tapestry tapestry include art by Erica Hutchins, Chris Mitchell, OTR Stillhouse, Patrick. I'm not going to read the fucking credits here. Um, Something sexy. You can buy the bottle and do that yourself. But uh, yeah, this is uh, aged in first use red wine barrels from 2018. It's 5.5% ABV. Now, uh, one thing I like, love slash hate about sours is how acidy they are. Like mm. the, uh, they can be, uh, they can, uh, really, really like my acid reflux. I do get acid reflux sometimes. Uh, and that gets worse worse the older I get. Eh. Um, this one is just right. You know what I'm saying? Like this one's just about perfect as far as like the acidity goes. Yeah, no, this is a really solid beer, man. No, I mean, I, this is certainly not for everybody, but um, I don't, I don't, the, it's got an initial shock to it. But after that, I get a lot of fruitiness coming through. Absolutely. Um, uh, sours are beers I recommend to people who don't like what traditional beer tastes like. Yeah. Um, because sours, uh, if, if you're a wine drinker and you want to get into beer, sours or, sours or Berliner Weisses are an excellent way to start. They've got a lot of fruit character to them. Um, generally speaking, until they warm up, you cannot taste like any kind of like beery sort of taste. They taste almost like very sour wines. This one, especially because it's been aged on, was it Angel wine barrels? Yeah. First use wine barrels from 2018. Now I think I get a little bit of that, um, on the tip of the tongue, but overall, um, that's just really, really solid. Uh, and you said the ABV was what? 5.5, I believe. That's not terrible. I mean, no. that's, that's something you could share with a buddy. 
like right now. And three point three one pH. Uh, the smell that's coming through is. Um, I don't know, man. What, what do you get off that? I get like a uh, like a fruity champagne sort of smell. Yeah, um, and it, it makes my cheek cheeks flush. I'm a little, little red. I mean, we yeah. all look a little red. Yeah, I think that's a combo of this TV we're looking at, but also this beer, and I need to do a little bit of color correction on this thing. I mean, that's but. fine, but that is that is fantastic. Um, I would certainly, yeah, this is definitely a beer I would give to a wine drinker. This would be a good beer for somebody that's like, well, I like wine. I've not gotten into beer too much. What kind of wine do you yeah. like? Oh, oh, you're really into like, oh, like fruity, like sour-ish, like yeah. maybe. All right, try this one on precisely. What you think of that? And no, like, and like I said, the acidity isn't super bad. So I would say, uh, like, this is this is a outside of the taste. This is probably pretty accessible for anyone who's like looking to get into sours. Um, I'm a firm believer in like. Uh, if you like beer, you like just about every single style. You just have to find the right one to get you into it. This isn't a terrible one to start with as far as like sours go. I think this one's pretty good. No, this is solid. It's real fruity. The more I'm thinking about it, though, with the wine, the more wine comes out. No, I definitely get that. The uh, the dryness of the uh, – it was red wine. Uh, yeah. I, I can definitely taste the barrel, like the the red wine. It's uh, it's on the back end a little bit, but it's it's very good like that. But the bouquet is really really nice. The um, the only thing, like the only negative, and this is just sours in general. The only thing I do not like about sours is uh, is this residual dryness on the tongue. Yeah, for yeah, I like, overall that's a big gripe with sours for me. Every single sour, but yeah. are a little bit better about it because they're not as kind of like a, like a lot. Like, right like in the back, yeah. Like right on the like yeah. right on the back end, um, yeah, but it sticks with you, and I guess that like brings out the flavor a little bit more. But the thing is, um, it just uh, <laughs> it it just sticks with you a little too much. Like where like these IPAs, like the mouthfeel was really good. Um, the Christmas was nice. This guy, it lingers on the tongue. This is kind of one, I think this is one you either end the night with or you start the night with and you just move mm-hmm. on to more like more fruit beers. Like, uh, because you're going to be tasting this for a minute. Um, it's it's really good, though. Like, as far as sour goes, would drink again. To be perfectly honest, I'm surprised it didn't blow off when I opened it. Yeah, I was a little shocked by that. Yeah, I was very surprised by that. Well, um, a lot of these guys, like I did these, like, get the models. beers earlier today than I normally do, so it had some time to settle and calm down. But yeah, we've had quite a few sours on here. That there was uh, the illusion of safety from Android Theory. That thing sprayed out like a hose, man. Uh. Like we're talking like a geyser this far off the top of the bottle. Woo! Like a hose. They emptied half the beer out. But uh. Yeah, I need to wind this thing down. Any uh, anything you want to plug or say before we go out here? Uh, you know, I dance around a little bit. Um, but I did get the go ahead from my boss, and uh, this is by no means a knock on, of course, Riverside Wine and Spirits. Um, like, but I would like to plug uh, Beverage World while I'm here. Uh, North Georgia's North Georgia is best uh, beer store. I would say we have an excellent selection. Uh, we can get uh, some Georgia beers that Riverside cannot get. Um. 
and yeah, we have a homebrew department. Like, if you want to like talk to me about beer, come and see me there. Uh, we do wine tastings on Saturdays. We do have a growler station, um, and we always rotate beers on tap there. Um, you know, uh, coming down and see us. We've got really good beers, all at a decent price. No, it's a good spot. It is next to Riverside, and I've said it on here a billion times. Riverside is our sponsor. Because I wanted them to be our sponsor. It was my favorite place to buy booze. So I approached them about it. And fortunately, they said yes. And my next stop on that list was Beverage World. And you, Beverage World, you guys are actually the only other spot that uh, we've got an exclusive thing with Riverside. But they told me that because Beverage World is in a different distribution bracket, you guys get stuff that Beverage World or that Riverside doesn't. Riverside gets we stuff do, you all don't have. We do, in fact, if there are like yeah. certain Tennessee beers we cannot get, and there are, there are several, we can get we can get a few of the locals, mm. um, uh, and we can get a little bit of Bearded Iris, you know, what have you. But if there are Tennessee beers, which a lot of them we cannot get due to various distribution rights, um, we send them over to Riverside. Uh, Riverside's a good spot. Like, come on down and see us. And they send they send customers yeah, our way. Like when same they, way. when you want a Georgia beer. So, um, if you're interested in wine tastings, we do them every Saturday. Uh, we always have deals on like homebrew stuff. Um, our growler station menu rotates every week. It seems like so. Just come on down, get yourself a growler fill, get yourself a six pack. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. North uh, Catoosa County's best, best. And it's not that far down there. It's just on the Rossville exit, like right by the big logs. Yeah, it's it's super close up there next to those uh, those bad cocks. Is Badcock still up there? Badcock Furniture? Yeah, actually, yeah, uh, actually, yeah. they come in and buy smokes. Uh, that's another thing. We're also a smoke <laughs> shop. So if you want CBD oils and cigarettes, you can get beer, cigarette, and CBD. Yeah, there you go. Bing, bang, boom, people. And uh, as always, get on down to Riverside Wine Spirits this weekend, Friday and Saturday, 4 to 6. You can try a little wine. You can try a little beer. All that good stuff. Get 10% off. It's a good time. And Father's Day is this weekend, people. Get your dad something nice. Get on down to Riverside Wine Spirits. Get him a nice thing of whiskey. Like They had at one point some Pappy Van Winkle. I don't know if they still do, but they did at one point. Go check it out, people. It's a good place. Go find us on the Hopped Up Network. Also, more importantly, on our website, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitch, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. We got it, people. Let's breach out with two Ts. Scott, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. And we're very excited. He's going to be here more and more. You're going to see him popping up talking about movies and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Let's get out of here. Let's do this thing. I'm going to hit the uh, switch here. (laughs) 